many moons ago, on the distant planet of Gygax, a nameless evil reigned supreme. This ruthless being had amassed power beyond measure and was preparing to strike down all that was good and just in the universe. Before he could fulfill his dark destiny, the forces of light banded together and in their most desperate hour, toppled the Dark One from his throne. He was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach, for if he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. Okay, here's the deal, man. Winner is champion of the universe. Loser gets buried alive. Got it? That's fair. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Um, I I am a hunky boy named Paul, and somewhere in the distance is another hunky boy named Steve. Hello, everyone. How are we doing this evening? I, I, we're hunky boys. You know, that's what we got to do. So I'm uh, a chunky boy. Yes. <laughs> Are we going to do like a remix of the Aqua song instead of Barbie girl? It's going to be like, I'm a chunky boy. <laughs> no. I think we could make tens of dollars with that idea. Let's go lardy. Like anyway. So anyway, so yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the film Psycho Goreman tonight, which just uh, came out on streaming. I, I think it's going to be a, a eventually part of Shudder. Because I think that they bought the the film studio or the distribution company, one of those things. So it may eventually be available for those that have access to Shutter. Um, just we're gonna. We, I I had Steve watch the trailer last week. He's like, "What is this?" I'm like, "Watch it, and you'll want to watch this movie." And he did, and he he wanted to, and we're gonna talk about it. So uh, we'll get there in our future presentation. I just want to tell everybody now. Um, this is. A, like it's low budget filmmaking in the best way possible. I would just say, you know, it, if you hear part of a conversation, uh, it is going to be spoiler specific. Um, here, let's spo- spoiler specific. It's just, there's going to be spoilers, you know, here, here, I'll here. Do you know why they are called spoilers? So I mean, you might listen to our conversation. I just say, stop listening. When we get to the feature presentation, if you don't watch this film, go watch this film. It is a delight. Pay the six bucks to rent it. If you like comedy, practical effects, ridiculous gore, and just an overall, I don't know, a film aware uh, aware of itself, and it keeps making like great decisions along the way, and the casting's pretty awesome, please, 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 please watch Psycho Goreman and support uh, smaller filmmaking. And I'll actually uh, just throw this out there as well. Uh, the film is not only like available to rent, but on itunes uh and i don't know for how long uh, i was going to rent it and then it was 12 bucks to buy and i'm like well i'm just gonna spend the extra six bucks and just buy it outright so it's pretty cheap right now to buy um 
if you're an iTunes subscriber or use Apple products. So I think it was about that much to an Amazon. I went ahead and just bought it as well because I had a feeling I was going to dig this movie. And considering, you know, I threw, what was it, $8 at Grizzly 2 and was upset, I could throw $12 at Psycho Goreman and think that at least I feel like I'm redeemed in supporting another independent film. So please, we're going to have a fun talk about this. I It is it is a rare thing for me to go into a film, what, other than the trailer, really having no idea what to expect, like, because we read so much about everything, but we'll, like, and I know Steve and I are always checking out things we're interested in. Sometimes we get a little too much involved, and sometimes there's bar set and expectations and, you know, whatever. Um, this was not one of those films. I didn't know what to get into other than I thought I was going to dig it. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please, if you have any interest, please support this film. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about it later. Uh, we have we have a little bit of news, um, and then uh, we're going to talk about Psycho Gorman, like I said. And then I have a game at the end that involves one of Steve's, Steve's favorite things, snack foods. So we have the snack food quiz coming up. Oh, man. Finally, a quiz I'm ready for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I should, have, I should have then made the toilet quiz the next week. I feel like that's the appropriate <laughs> way to do that. Um, no, cause, cause I was looking, cause I always cheat, uh, and I have my, uh, my, what was it? My, um, little app that shows me like what the day is like such and such day of whatever year of, you know, today is national corn dog day or whatever. Um, February is national snack food month. So that's why I figured, you know what? I'll make a quiz about snack food. That will not be hard. So we're going to do that later. So before we get to that, um, yeah, uh, Steve, tell me about all the, the riches that you now have. Uh, um, like, I, I know you won something, but you also have some cool shit. Sounds like you've had a pretty, pretty productive uh, couple of days getting neat things. Yeah. So for those of you who uh, read comics or comics fans, you may have heard the name David Finch. Uh, he's a... Artist, he's been around, I think he's been in the industry at least 25 years now. And to be fair, I'll, I'll say that I did not discover his work until probably in the last year. Um, it's it's never been a thing of, of not being interested in his work. But for whatever reason, the things that he was doing, I just wasn't reading those titles at the time. He's done everything from Avengers to uh, Batman. Uh, he's done a Wonder Woman. His wife's a writer. They did uh, a collaboration on that. Oh, nice. uh, image. Uh, he was a top cow guy, so I believe he worked on Witchblade at one point and possibly The Darkness. Um, but he's a tremendously, tremendously talented guy, um, and he doesn't need me blowing him up here on the on the uh, on the podcast because uh, he's a <laughs> just a, a all around great artist. But also, um, it turns out he, he's he's a really great guy. Um, about I don't know, six or seven months ago, he started a weekly live stream of just, uh, you know, I'm going to draw a piece from start to finish and we'll have chat and, you know, we'll just talk on my stream or whatever. But he also started releasing tutorials uh, for artists and they're great tutorials as well. So I would highly suggest if you're an artist, check those out because there's great info in those. But um, he hit 100,000 subscribers this week. And uh, whenever he hits a milestone, they did one, I think, at 50,000, 75,000, and now 100,000. He'll do, he'll do head sketches all night long. And I think he did three uh, sketches. When when I say sketches, I'm talking about they look like they're fully done pieces. And by, um, and by head, you mean from the MTV series The Head, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Sketches of the character of The Head. Okay. No, head sketches are... <laughs> 
for those of you who don't know, it's just a picture of somebody's head. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, when it comes to you know his sketches, they're really detailed. He inks them. Uh, they're they're always impressive. And uh, this past Monday, uh, they did the giveaways, and uh, I won a very cool Wolverine drawing. So I never win anything, um, and. I don't mean to it's make not true. sound. That's not true. You've won my heart and, uh, and my respect. To be fair, is that really winning anything? Oh shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh no. I, you know, like, here, finally. It's like a, finally, finally, there's a time for that. I, now I'm going to just, I'm done. I'm done now. I'm crushed. Game over, it's, man. It's the same reaction I get whenever I tell my, my wife the same thing. I'm like, but you won me. <laughs> And then, you know, I'm the consolation prize. So, um, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, you are married, you are, you are two, two beings. There's always going to be like first place to second place, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'm who was ever left over. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I'm, I'm the Danny DeVito in the twin scenario when it comes to like the emotional support, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, with, with that being said, um, I had one other thing that I was going to say about it, but uh, uh, I was going on about how I never win anything, and uh, uh, and then I broke your heart. But the uh, the cool thing is, is that uh, uh, he's not somebody that I'm going to bump into anytime soon. He's a Canadian guy. Um, obviously, we're not crossing borders anytime soon. Um, I have never actually seen him at a convention, so. Uh, this will be a really cool treat to get a piece of artwork from somebody who I may not get a chance to meet at some point. So yeah, I was just completely stoked. Uh, you know, I, 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 like I said, I never win anything, so I was excited, but also the fact that, uh, you know, I'm getting a, a original piece of artwork is just, that's amazing. I, it, it's funny too, because like I, I watch him every Monday night <clears throat> and I should just throw this out there. His live stream is called Monday Night Draw and runs from 8 to 10. Uh, his wife uh, reads comments and questions to him as he draws, and they have conversations. It's fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I was going to go somewhere else with that, too, and I got lost in the uh, description of Monday Night Draw. That's the <laughs> that's so the, the, the live stream. Check it out. It's, was it similar yeah. to whenever um, Billy got the chance to find the, the oatmeal and the marble? Sorry, the marble and the oatmeal, and then drink from the fire hose in Stanley Spadowski's Funhouse. Is that what it felt like to you whenever you got the chance when you won this? Were you excited to drink from the fire hose? It did feel like that. And I'll, I'll also say, too, that uh, now, now I got my thought back. Uh, as somebody who has like done free sketches at comic, comic book, uh, um, free comic book day at Carolyn John's, and I'm always bewildered when people are interested, uh, I now know the reverse of that, except... They're getting artwork from me. I just got a piece from like one of the top <laughs> artists in the industry. So, and that's not me being self-deprecating. I'm just saying that like I get it. Like, you know, I I, I understand people's enthusiasm. Where I'm like, here you go. Here's a drawing of that guy in a hat. So, I just like the idea that maybe at some point you'd do like a like a live stream drawing thing, and then the entire time you're like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a giveaway of this, and then every time you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's not that's not good. But you're get this is I'm giving this to you. Oh no. Okay, let me start. Let me just start over again. Like, like 
Yeah. Like I can, yeah. I can see easily so just all, like just all like, of my yeah. nerves <laughs> and uh, anxieties. Yeah, we should put a camera on you, Steve, like live, and then you can actively uh, draw in front of all of us, and we can judge you and ask questions. And we're gonna be like, yeah. well, why did you decide to do that? And you're gonna be like, I don't know, and then you're just gonna you know just crumble under the lights. So my wife does have a background in audiovisual, um, and she has worked in television in the past. And I've I've often thought about like, you know what, what might what might be fascinating is like if she documented like what we put into like just making an issue of the Siren Slasher. And I'm like, there'd just be a lot of footage of me being angry and drunk though. Like <laughs> it would be <laughs> you know I mean, come on, that shit sells. Come on, you know? <laughs> I mean, Metallica made a whole documentary about it, right? <laughs> they did. And uh, I, I actually quite like that documentary uh, as opposed to most people out there. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to rehab anytime soon, I guess. Well, so. that's fair. But if you did this, can we call it some kind of man witch? You know what? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why that that name appeal, appeals to me. I'm sorry, I'm off the rails. But you want to really? I saw the like the picture, like the image of the thing you're getting. It is badass. And also, kudos to you that it's a Marvel character. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. No, he did spawn this last sketch of the night. So I was like, I think he did all Marvel. He did uh, Wolverine, Black Cat, Spawn, and then he just he gave away a drawing that he did the week before, which was a full like character piece of, of captain america which was amazing oh. too so so when, uh, when you get the when you get the wolverine are you going to like put like a cowl on it and be like oh it's batman but not <laughs> no my hands will not touch that thing. it's dark claw from amalgam comics everybody <laughs> uh that is getting put in a very nice frame and going up on the wall nice so yeah okay what's the other thing that you got that um uh you just you you showed pictures of that i'm jealous um, but you, you, like you arrived at your house, right? The other thing that you're about to talk about. Yeah. The, the, this, this arrived, uh, yesterday and, uh, what's nice about it is, is I pre-ordered it and completely forgot that I pre-ordered it, but NECA, uh, has a partnership with Scream Factory and, uh, they've done, uh, figures in the past, for instance, uh, when they released Night of the Creeps, uh, they did an exclusive Tom Atkins figure from mm-hmm. Night of the Creeps, uh, which I also have, uh, but they did a Blu-ray release last year when we covered My Bloody Valentine, and I got that Blu-ray. I love that Blu-ray. However, they didn't do a figure with it. Well, apparently there's a steel book of the, the uh, movie now, and they were doing a, a, also an offer where they, you could get the, the figure. Thankfully, you could buy the figure separately because I didn't need another copy of the Blu-ray. And I have a very, very mint on card. I haven't even opened it yet because I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, action figure. It's a uh, uh, one eight. Or I'm sorry, eight inch action figure of uh, the miner from My Bloody Valentine. He comes with uh, the pickaxe, of course. Uh, he comes with uh, all the accoutrements of his like mask and light and everything. And then in, in he, Union card and a moosehead beer, right? That's <laughs> you know there might be a moosehead beer in here, and I'm not seeing it because the uh, what I lo- love about the Tom Atkins from Night of the Creeps figure is is it came with a little tiny can of Miller. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, I ended up getting, I think I told you, I ended up getting that uh, Blu-ray from Shout Factory uh, recently. Okay. Uh, I have not cracked it open. I know it's the, it's the unrated one with the extra uh, bits and pieces. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more, maybe probably a little bit more about that than the episode. 
just teasing people what we're going to talk about next. Uh, this this might give me a reason for what we're going to do next week. It might be the, give me the reason to dive into this because it's been a year, right? But I, that that figure's awesome looking. I'm jealous of that too. Yeah, I uh, I haven't posted photos yet, but I did also receive something else in the mail today that I forgot I ordered. A severed uh, head. Oh, no, please no. No, I uh, and this is something that'll come into play future down the line when we're. Uh, we're, we're going to be talking about this subject on another show, and we won't talk about when or where, but uh, I'll just say that I received a certain Stephen King movie in the mail today. <laughs> it's just a little teaser for you guys. I think, did it, did, when you opened it, did it call you an asshole? <laughs> it, 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 it threw a pop can right at my dick. Yeah, it just, I mean, it, <laughs> and then it ran over you with a steamroller. It was weird, you know? <laughs> Okay, that's exciting. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, okay, yeah, we'll tease that when we get there. That's going to be sometime in March. It's not going to be on this show, but we'll talk about it when it happens. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm super stoked to dive into that. Um, I will. I will admit that was it a couple nights ago. I, I like, damn, damn the 21st century. How easy it is to click a thing and just buy it. Because mm-hmm. I make some really bad decisions in the middle of the night. Sometimes, I mean, there's all the memes, right, of all the things. Um, two things that I, one, I, I forgot I did it last night until today where I was looking all, I'm like, oh yeah, I did do that. Um, uh, Blizzard Entertainment, they do World of Warcraft, they do Overwatch, so they, they own my soul. Uh, they normally have a convention called BlizzCon out in Anaheim. They're not doing it in person this year because, you know, the plague. They're doing something called the BlizzCon line, like where it's like they're online. Uh, and they're going to show all the like the panels and all the announcements and things. That's going to be exciting. Which they've always had a virtual ticket available for people that couldn't physically be there and smell all the nerd sweat. But this year, uh, because since they can't like sell merch there and sell tickets physically there, they have these different packets. And like one of them was like sixty bucks, and you get all these goodies from like the various Blizzard games. I'm like, hell yeah! And I press the button, and then I looked at like half of the things. And I'm like, I don't play part of these games. Oh well. So anyway, so yeah, I ended up paying, I paid like 60 bucks for some stuff last night, but that's not what I want to tell you about. I, um, I got, I was uh, targeted by a Facebook ad for a t-shirt and I, and I realized at the next day that I bought it and you'll appreciate this. It's from T public. It is a, uh, a Mr. Sparkle shirt. <laughs> okay. It's just, it's just the advertisement of Mr. Sparkle. It doesn't say Mr. Sparkle has like all like, you know, the, the, the writing on it and the image of like, you know, Homer with like, or the amalgamation of what was it? A A light bulb and a fish. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just that it's a gray shirt that has like the advertising. It doesn't say Mr. Sparkle. It's going to be my new favorite shirt. It's coming in like a week. (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me that you got an Eagle Fang shirt. No, that would be, I don't I mean, it would be fun to get an Eagle Fan karate shirt, but let's be honest. I know that logo was dumb on purpose, but it's not a good logo. I don't know if I want that as a shirt. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's kind of why I want it uh, yeah. as a shirt. To be fair, I'm a hypocrite and I have a Dragon Sound shirt for Miami Connection, but uh, a Mr. Sparkle shirt is coming to my house and I will wear it to, to show off to nobody because we're in a plague. Nice. Well, I... I, I should just say real quick, too, I uh, I forgot to mention this. I feel bad now because we actually covered this on the show. But uh, when I was talking about David Finch, I was talking about different things that he did. He was the artist on Moon Knight, oh. the the storylines that we covered. So at least Which, the first section. 
oh, the one with the, the art wasn't bad. The writing was the, the weird part of that first part, right? When we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the first part is, uh, well, we the, the writing wasn't, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly didn't have a problem with the, the art, but uh, um, the, the writing wasn't, it, it didn't grab me. Uh, the way that the, the the Brian Bendis stuff did later. That's that fair. Way. Okay, that's no. I liked I liked his uh, portrayal of Moon Knight. So like he, you know, solid. Okay, good. Thank you for the point of reference. I appreciate that. So, all right, uh, we only have one news story tonight. So it's twenty minutes in. We talked about the weekends. Is there anything else that happened over the weekend that you would like to discuss before we get to our one news story? Because again, twenty twenty one, not much shit is going on yet. Um, so things are a little slow. Uh, I feel like I've become the guy who just every new movie that comes out, with the exception of uh, uh, You Can't Kill David Arquette, uh, I, I, everything else I'm just sort of like, yeah, it was okay. Uh, so The Little Things uh, is a HBO Max debut, which is a Denzel Washington, uh, Rami Malek film uh, with Jared Leto in a minor role in it as well. I shouldn't say minor, but he's <clears throat> a supporting would you, character. Would you call him... A little thing, <laughs> possibly. They, they he does play into the little things of the uh, film okay. as well. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen Denzel Washington in a movie and been like, "Boy, he phoned it in." Like, I'm always, I'm always impressed with Denzel Washington. He always puts in a good performance. I mean, he's he's the Tom Hanks of, of I, I don't know. He's the Tom Hanks of Denzel Washington's. Well, that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> Can that please? Can that please be a quote on like a box somewhere where it's like, <laughs> like where Denzel Washington is the Tom Hanks of Denzel Washington's? Like, yeah, it's 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 just weird. Like, it's he's in his own category along with Tom Hanks, and that they they both are really good at what they do, and they often pick roles that are, you know, uh, built to their specific uh, talents. But Denzel uh, Washington's in a position where he gets to pick what he wants to do now, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, like um, I think I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago when, when I watched Grizzly Two, uh, watching The Hidden. I don't know if I mentioned to you that night. We like we also watched Virtuosity, which was Denzel Washington and an earlier film with um, shit. What's his name? Um, you know, Spartac not Spartacus, uh, Gladiator. Um, freaking, you know. Oh, um, now I can see his face. I can't think of his name right now. You know that guy, the guy that fights everybody, Gerard Butler. Yeah, not Gerard Butler, the other one. <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, a gladiator. I'm sorry. I was thinking of 300. Sorry. Yeah. What, no, you're not far off, but no, like, and that was an earlier, like Denzel Washington film that he actually had some clout in, but that was like an, like a, uh, um, Russell Crowe, like, like coming out party. And it's like, Oh, uh, Denzel doesn't have to actually pick these kind of movies anymore. You know? So yeah, Which, by the way, like Virtuosity is fun. He's... If you've not seen it or have not seen it in a while, it's, it's a fun movie. I've actually never seen Virtuosity, so maybe I'll add it to the list. Uh, that said, it's a it's a decent thriller. Um, I guess uh, this is an unfair criticism to level on any movie because it's like, well, it wasn't Seven. So it's like, Jesus, what is Seven? And Seven is like 25 years old at this point. Like, you can't keep throwing that up against every thriller that comes out. But uh, it had some interesting moments in it, and ultimately... Uh, the end of it was not controversial. It wasn't a head in the box, if you will, but like there's a reveal at the end and, um, it's good, but 
you know, I wanted to love it. Didn't, I just thought it was okay. So, so, okay. Uh, with that being said, like, you're right. Like seven, I think that's something that at some point we should visit. Cause I, that, that movie, um, did so much well, but it wrecked like horror movies going forward forever. And also like crime milk movies. And mm-hmm. I know that it wasn't the intent, but it destroyed a lot of things because it was so good at what it did. Right. Um, I also feel like the first season of true detective was like, like, you know, it looked at seven was like, yeah, what, what, what about that? And I think the first season of true detective actually feels a lot like that in a good way. Um, but, um, yeah, I think it's unfair to, to always like heap upon a film, an expectation of a film 25 years previous. I'm not saying you're wrong if that's the vibe they're going for, or I should say if they're trying to make you feel unsettled with like this crime drama, that it's going to be, people are going to naturally gravitate towards something like seven as a comparison. It, it's, it, it's not that they're trying to be seven or go. It's just, it was a movie that I was watching and I was like, Oh, this just, you know, I, I not that I've seen the same story, but you know, it, it's that thing of like, Oh, it just reminded me of like, oh, I should probably just watch seven again. Like, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> You know, it, it's definitely, you know, Denzel's playing the older cop. Rami Malek's playing the younger one. They're working on a case together, although um, it's different circumstances than what happens in Seven. And, you know, it's not as, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Easter egg heavy as like Seven is. Like there's not a building up of like clues built into murders or anything like that. But uh, it, it's... And a purposeful lack of Kevin Spacey, right? That's also. (laughs) Yes. But I I felt like it was designed to have a ending that was not supposed to be shocking, but sort of to leave you in like a cold place. And that's fair. uh, And again, like I said, I shouldn't be like, oh, it's not seven because it's it wasn't trying to be. But like, that's my bar. Um, And I, 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 I almost actually posted this on El Goro's uh um, talk without rhythm. Cause I, I've just been thinking about this recently and, and like how it is that, you know, movies impact us as we age. Um, and I think that would actually be a really good, uh, just discussion for an episode in the future. But, you know, how many movies have I seen, you know, in the last 10 years that I can qualify as like, you know, sur- surpassing things that I've lived with for 30 years. I hold them up to these, you know, these other things as measurements. And, you know, it's like when we had the, the, the sequel discussion last, last week and i'm like well empire strikes back and someone else pointed out godfather 2 like how do you carry those things around for the rest of your life and does it impede your enjoyment of future things and i don't know i think that the that's an interesting discussion and i did you know think of that when i was watching all of the little things i was gonna say all the little things which i think mm-hmm. is a blink 182 song but well, I mean, it's all the um, small things but this oh, is the natural you. progression Sorry. yes yes Excuse me, but yeah, that's, 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 that's the last thing that I did this weekend. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. So I stammered through our opening and now the news. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Oh, you gave me the best segue and I stepped on it. That's what I do. Um, so <laughs> All right, let me find the better the better write up of this. So we have one story here. One second. 
I I had it saved on my phone, but I know like another another outlet actually like summed it up better. So I'm gonna find that right now. And my phone's being slow. So let me go to the internet here. Uh, on Ooh, my computer. The internet. The internet. <laughs> I typed an IG I typed an IFN. It's like, did you mean IGN? Yes, that's what I meant. Thank you. Thank you, uh, internet. Um, where was the the headline here? Um so basically what it comes down to is that uh let me find it here. Oh, come on. It was right in front of me. I apologize. There it is. Texas officials apologize after accidentally sending an Amber Alert for Chucky the cursed doll. Um <laughs> Here it is. So what? here, I'll, I'll read this out loud as opposed to reading in my mind. <laughs> I'll read this not out loud. We're all going to sit here and ponder what that meant, means. Uh, the Texas public, public safety department has apologized for accidentally sending out an Amber Alert emergency message that said Chucky, the murder stall from Child's Play was the suspect of the kidnapping. Uh, and so like, I know what Amber Alerts, we, we know that they're for kidnappings, right? So, uh, so the, they said, what was it? They described him as like wearing dental overalls, had orange hair. Uh, so, all right. Um, <laughs> the Amber Alert, which was beamed out to all phones, not just once, but three separate times. <laughs> I described the suspect as a 16-pound, 3-foot-1, 28-year-old doll named Chucky with red auburn hair and blue eyes. Um yeah, the alert also said a Chucky was seen wearing blue denim overalls with a striped long sleeve shirt carrying a large knife. Uh, the top it off the victim in the kidnapping uh, was also his son, Glenn. Um, it's what, so basically what, like, so the story I was reading originally, uh, it was a test message internally that got out. Like they were testing something uh... and, they, and they ended up like sending it three times. <laughs> there was... <laughs> Yeah. And so like if you there's a screenshot here that actually shows the images of the abducted child and the suspect and it's it is of his of Glenn and then of the suspect is Chucky. Oh my god, that's amazing. I mean, it's it's definitely better than uh was it Hawaii like 2 or 3 years ago? Maybe it was more recently than that. It was more recent that. where they, they got, thought the bombs were coming like the attack and they, they Yeah, mm-hmm. like Yeah. You know, I guess getting a fake Amber Alert is better than, you know, finding out that, uh, you know, bombs are headed your way. But, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It, it <laughs> didn't get sent out once. Three times. Twice. Yeah. Three times. I also, like, you know, you know, because, like, you know, driving around Ohio, like, you'll see the the Ohio overpass signs where they'll mention things. Like, who knows what other signage, like, showed up because of this. Oh, my goodness. It's like. And also, I also point out that like, if uh, it, it, this sounds like something you or I would do if we were working in this job of like, okay, we got to come up with a fake thing. We're going to have some fun with this. And then to find oh, out like, oh shit, this is bad. This is real bad. I mean, every, every like training that I've ever had to do for any job where they're like, oh, just make something up, you know, as you're putting in, it's always Bruce Wayne or, you know. Um, Mark Hamill or somebody who gets like thrown in there. Like I'm never like clever enough to come up with, you know, like, Oh, it's, you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm And you're like, what? Who? I no. definitely made up uh, I, I was doing some training once and I definitely had Fred and Wilma Flintstone and it turned out they're like, cause like we had like a little guidebook about like information to put in. I was like, nah, I'm just gonna do something silly. They're like, Oh, 
No, like these are like the guided profiles because our system doesn't understand what's fake and what's real. I'm like, oh, well, Fred and Wilmer are now in here. Like, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm fired, I guess. Test environment, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just. There's no like in-depth thing other than you feel bad for the person that did it because you know they're just like this would be funny like internally and they're like oh shit we hit the green button as opposed to like the red button like you know it's like oh my god three times or whatever like I'm I'm speculating right but it's like like I know Amber Alerts are a serious thing absolutely right and they're very effective and they they do help. And um, your stomach st- sinks like every time like I at least yes. mine like if, if my I get that tone and I look down I'm like. Oh Jesus! Like you, you just immediately like your heart sinks, your stomach sinks. So, uh, like you get you, nice get, you get the Lord like, on your phone where it's like, oh, this is a good guy. Oh, he is a friend to the end. <laughs> Shit! I hope they find him. <laughs> I like that he was carrying a large butcher knife. <laughs> Brad Dourif was like, like looking, like being questioned. Like, you um, yeah, that's the only story I had. I don't know if you had anything else to bring up from the week that you thought was worth it. I don't think I don't think you had any news from when I, you and I were talking before the show. Yeah, I didn't have any news, but I do just want to have a brief conversation about Wanda. And we don't even Wanda Vision. Sorry, sorry. About Wanda. <laughs> just Wanda. God, God uh, damn Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like w- take your temperature on the series. Because uh, I think I know where you stand, and I, I want to talk about something specific, um, orally um, or rectally, about the temperature. That I don't know, man. I have I have different opinions. We're gonna go orally today. Oh, okay. Well, let me let me toss one of these out here again, just just in case. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Because uh, Steve and I have been circling a, a conversation about Wandavision. It's only what four episodes in right now. Yeah, uh, and we may have a larger discussion. Maybe we'll do an episode when it's all done. Yeah. But I, like we did with Mandalorian. But I just I wanted to just see where you were at with it. Um, like I'm in. I'm completely mm-hmm. in. Uh, I think I, if if your apprehension about like some of the I don't know like I I respect your disconnect with some of the um, the tropes and. Um, I don't know how to describe it, leaning into some of the referential um, things that were in the first couple episodes. I understand your hesitancy because we, uh, when we, we briefly talked about Wonder Woman 84, it, you, you felt like a little arm's distance with that. And you told me you kind of feel the same way about this. Now that you understand that it's kind of pointing towards a bigger, a bigger thing. How do you feel about that? So I never questioned that it wasn't going to point to a, a bigger thing. That was really never my issue with it. It was that, uh, and uh, actually, let me just step back here. I, there seems to be, at least on the discussions I've seen on Facebook regarding the show, there seems to be this disconnect where, and again, I, I don't want to compa- compare it to this because I'm not saying that this is a bad show or a, a bad um, series or anything like that because I am enjoying it. But but uh, if you remember correctly, way back when uh, it may have been actually towards the beginning of my uh, joining the show, when we revisited Aliens. Uh, well, it wasn't even called Alien; it was just called Prometheus. Um, <laughs> and I was talking yeah. about the amount of like videos I did, uh, you know, looking at uh, theories about the film, you know, and and a lot of them came down to like this isn't a bad movie; you just don't get it. 
And I was like, no, I get it. But there's problems storytelling-wise here. That's where I came out with the first couple of episodes of WandaVision. Not that I... It's not that I didn't get what was happening, but I'm like, ah, it's a little slow for me. Like, I... My, my essential, like, criticism for the show really has just been the first episode that was two episodes could have been one episode. And they were released together, so maybe they should have just done one long episode, and maybe it wouldn't have been so noticeable, but it was like, uh, we just spent... Like, I thought we would be moving further along with the premise at that point, and I get the jokes. Like, I actually had somebody say, like, well, you know, you don't remember TV like I... And I'm like, no, I remember TV like you. I, I understand how TV worked in the 1950s. I get it. I, I, I wasn't alive then, but I understand how the jokes worked, and I understand that, you know, people are getting very David Lynchian things out of this, but I just... I felt that it was just moving too slow. And that's actually, you know, I don't even know that it's, that it's too slow. It's that I, I felt like it wore thin. The premise, I was like, okay, I get it. We've had two episodes of them. And yes, they transitioned from the 50s to the 60s in between the first two episodes. But they're essentially the same thing. By the third episode, when they're in color, it's a different style of sitcom. Like, had it been, like, you know, started off with just one episode in the 60s, uh, 50s 60s, the second episode into the 70s, I would have been far more comfortable with it just because I was like, I, I get that, you know, it, I'm not I'm not saying that I want them to reveal the entire story. And I was actually very happy with episode four, not because it revealed things, but it was just like, finally, like, OK, we're moving now we're we're getting somewhere. And I just. I thought that the first two episodes spun their wheels just a little too much. But I, I, it's a weird thing, because uh, there seems to be this divisiveness, like, if you, you can't criticize it. And I'm like, I, I'm not saying that I'm not in on the show. I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch and I don't enjoy the premise. But I'm just saying that, like, yeah, the first two episodes didn't win me over as quickly as everyone else who was like, it's genius. And I'm like, all right, I, I guess. So... <laughs> Okay, well, my counterpoint to you is you're wrong. No, I'm joking. Uh, so, um, I'll, I'll I'll position it like this. Um, I I'm okay with a little bit of a slower burn because this is like an event series, so it's going to give me. If you have a little bit of time, let things breathe. That's fine. Um, and, and to see, um, what was it Matt Shankman, who's been like the director of all these episodes and kind of overseeing everything to have like the ear and the eye and along with the writers of like how the pacing was for those comedies, which I know that's not your, your point. Like you're talking about like the sticking point. I like that it, it existed in that skin and that the first episode, um, was very much like it was pointing at things a little, a little bigger things. And it got a little weird at the end. And then it's like each one has been like re like peeling his layers back and getting more and more like, oh, no, something bad is happening here. And I know that's your point, too, that you like and they wish it would have been sped up. I I, I almost feel like I prefer that it, would, it, it went to a point of where you as the viewer have to be comfortable with this week to week setup of a sitcom before everything turns to shit. Um, and I and, and again, your mileage may vary. I will give you the counterpoint of, of my wife who she isn't like to, 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 to have her watching anything that is like, um, 
uh, sequential that it has an ongoing story is a tough is a tough get because that's not what she watches things for. Like she'll watch like like here's the admission. I know Steve, you can you can uh, crucify me for this, rightfully so. We've still not watched like the three or last three or four episodes of The Good Place, just because I wanted to watch it with her. And it's like also I don't want that show to end <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> I I, I, don't, I love it too much. I don't want it to end right, but. To get like I got her on board with that, and that was a big deal because that show is nothing but like like just we're gonna truck along with like week to week plot. Otherwise, like she'll watch something like Brooklyn Nine Nine where you can dip in and out and not have to know like the like the the bigger things going on and enjoy the show. Whenever I watched the first two episodes of WandaVision, I uh, I went to her and I was like, "You need to watch these two because I knew the format was going to hook her into the bigger story." And now she's in and her hesitancy is that she doesn't want this to turn into like a knockdown drag down, like superhero fight, which I don't think it's going to. Um, but it was, it was the hooks of like the, I love Lucy, the Dick Van Dyke show that got her in. Uh, and I'll, I'll be honest too. Like there was a bit in the second episode that I was like howling because Paul Bettany, I didn't realize he is a comedic treasure and I adore him in the series. Um, so your, your reasons for being like, I wish you could be a little faster are not wrong. Um, I just feel like if it was compressed, it would have lost someone like her. So I think it's one of those things like it really is everybody having to kind of watch this and decide ultimately how they feel about it. Yeah. And that that's fair too. I, I don't begrudge anyone their opinions of it, but I do, however, have a problem when people are just if somebody isn't immediately on board with something, you know, particularly a television show, like there are entire shows that don't find their, their footing until a second season. So yes. like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard to be like, you know, well, you just don't get it. Okay. No, I get it, but I have problems with it. That's, that's different than, yeah, I, I, I hate guess the, I hate because like, if you, if you identify why you're, you know, you have, I'm not saying you didn't, you're not liking it, that they, you're right. There's things where it's like, eh, okay, I can see why people might be about this, but it's not for me. And then for someone to like, do that, like completely throwing your face of like, you don't get it. I think that's a bullshit reason. Um, I, I was kind of rallying against the other part of this. Like I was talking to a friend, a friend of ours we have in common that I messaged him directly about this because I guess so many people were like, Oh, 15 minutes in, I was bored. I told him, I was like, I would absolutely be on board right now if Disney scrapped all of the Falcon and um, Winter Soldier and turned it into the odd couple of the both of them, of, of you know, Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan in an apartment bitching at each other about who's going to do the dishes just to upset everybody else. I would adore that series because everyone's like, oh, but it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm like, yeah, now they're roommates. Yeah, and that's the funny thing, too, is, is that I, you know, you know me, I love, you know, I love movies that are just filled with dialogue, you know. It's one of the things that I run into hard with, you know, trying to write a comic book. So I'm like, I need to make it visually interesting. And then I'm like, here, Ryan, here's nine pages of just two people talking. <laughs> Have like, you ever just told them, like, never... listen, here's one full page of a word bubble. And then you see the top of someone's forehead at the bottom to know they're talking. Have you ever done that? <laughs> no, but maybe I will. <laughs> um, with that in mind, I just, I, the idea that other, you know, the response was like, Oh, just because it doesn't have explosions in it. Or, you know, I'm like, 
that is not why I dislike this. Like, it, honestly, <laughs> what you just described about Winter Soldier and Falcon, I'd totally be game for that. Maybe not the odd couple, but, <laughs> oh. like, just, like, you know, a couple episodes of them, you know, bickering. Like, there's that great moment in Civil War where they're in the car, like, just, you know, <laughs> you bickering with up? each other. No, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, if it's literally, like, clerks, but it's them two, I'd be down with that. Like, that would that would obviously be something that would appeal to me. So again, I I'm still on board the show. I like the show. It's just that I had a minor criticism of the first two episodes and it just turned into everything that I read. And admittedly that I think I know the person that you're referring to. Uh, he was actually very like, Oh, it's a very well thought out response. And I was like, well, thank you. Or something to that effect. And, and you know, well, it was just like, to be it's fair nice though, to in the a, middle of that thread, I said, I was like, I said to you, you directly, said, <laughs> You're dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just, you know, that's that's where I'm at. I I will say um, the nice thing about this, you know, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but saying that, like, you know, um, Monica Rambo, what's nice about the series is, is that this is introducing that character to people who don't remember that she was a 10 year old girl when we last saw her in Captain Marvel. And now she can step into any phase four film and oh, yeah. be ready to go. Like, I just, you don't, I, I, I like that. Um, I mean, not that it had to be firmly wedged into like the MCU, but that's what they're doing. That's fine. Um, I, I just, I like that they're taking chances. I, I just, I, this is not your typical thing. Like I, I was talking to our common friend. Um, it's my, it's, it's, it's our friend James. He was on the show a long time ago talking about Exorcist three with me. Um, it was before Steve became on full time and, you know, I started paying him a salary. We won't talk about that. Uh, it was a stipend basically in beer and pizza, but you know, he can cash in anytime he wants. Um, I, 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 you know, there, I told him, I was like, if I just approach this as like, like an actual comic book that is kind of like this weird, like, like side story of like an event series I'm in, but I think it's a hard, it's a hard sell for people to understand that like. Comics can be a lot of different things. And I, I'm hopefully this TV series that Marvel's putting out shows that they can be different things too. Like I'm waiting for Loki to break people's brains too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, not only is that, you know, a character who is a different version than the last one we saw. I mean, it's, it's technically the same character, but he's not the Loki that we knew. It's not the Loki that the grew that actually started being like a good guy. No, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. so his motives are completely different. And I know that they, at least from the previews, seem like they're going to go into some weird territory with him and do a lot of time hopping. So it should be fun. Yeah. So we'll see. We still got a little ways to go with uh, WandaVision. I'm digging it so far. Uh, I just, like I said, uh, I mean, credit to um, Elizabeth Olsen, who is also really good at like comedic timing. Like everybody like they've had on the show has been great. Uh, and then also Paul Bettany, like he's a delight. There's a bit in the second episode whenever he goes to a town watch meeting in a library and he reveals uh, what he believes is gossip about a, a neighbor. And he says like the worst thing you could possibly say set in like the late, like early sixties about a neighbor. Um, Mm -hmm. I howled, I howled when he said that because everyone got real quiet in the episode, you know, like he was so matter of fact. (laughs) Um, and then also finding out that, um, the vision's greatest enemy is gum. That's the other thing I thought was great too. So, Oh, uh, one quick question for you. Do you think 
And I honestly am not familiar with this character, but there's these theories going around about Catherine Hahn's character. Do you think she's original for the show, or do you think she's playing a character who will be larger in the series? I don't know. Or in Marvel. Everybody keeps way. hinting at, like, she keeps talking about her husband off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Um, I also hear that there's rumors that uh, this is going to be the gateway series into explaining some of the Fox purchases. So we'll see. Again, I don't want the last four episodes of this to be I don't like so like we talk about the Mandalorian like cool you're hinting at bigger worlds. I don't need every single world drug through the series. You know? That's all. Yeah, I I think the other thing too is is that uh you know, when it comes to comparisons like that's, you know, this is their second go at a sh- like it, it, maybe there's something that premiered between Mandalorian and WandaVision, but like this is their two big Marvel and, and Star Wars are their two big franchises, yeah. if, if you will. Well, and did and, you also hear that um, they're they're planning a uh, like a Kingdom of Wakanda series now for Marvel uh, Disney Plus? I think that's a, I think that's a good way to go to try to reset the stage after everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think that uh, you know. <laughs> Marvel has had very little failures in this uh, in this arena, and to be fair, I in haven't humans. actually watched. Well, I'm this. sorry, I'm sorry. I that's think I coughed the word actually, "Inhumans" out loud. By I'm sorry, I just uh, that's actually what I was just going to bring up was is like I didn't watch Inhumans. But Neither I did that I. That was no. a, a big misstep for them. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, keep it coming. What one out of like what fifty? <laughs> That's a pretty. That's a pretty good average. Anybody will take that, right? So yeah, I right. mean, I lost interest in Agents of Shield, but to be fair, I also lost in interest in all the CW DC shows. Like, there's still two seasons of Agents of Shield that I get to, but I, like, like I said, man, like the Ghost Rider arc is great. Like, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's just, I don't know. Like, I'll get, I'll get, I will get to. Actually, I take that back. There, the I actually, I'm one season because there's the last season of Agents of Shield, so I'm only one behind. It got better as it went along, which is, I'm not like, outside of Mockingbird not being around anymore. Like, like other than that, um, the rest of the, the rest of the series got got a lot better. So that that's I'll say that the CW stuff though, it's like, hey, I heard you liked superheroes. What if we give you eight thousand a week? I'm like, I can't handle this. Yeah, I, I do feel like I was overloaded, and I think the issue that I ran into was uh, I I can't remember if I was watching them on Hulu, although they are available on the CW app. Um, yeah. the, something happened where I couldn't consecutively watch them, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later, and then it was like, oh god, I have a lot to watch, <laughs> and I'm not that interested. Oh, like, yeah, Flash was my favorite of those, so I still may go back and rewatch Flash. And I'm savvy enough to be like, oh, I can watch the crisis episodes and, and glean what's happening and the perspective shows. But like, yeah, I'm never going to go back and rewatch Arrow. I am saying that right now. I'm probably <laughs> never going to revisit Arrow. Uh, I, I watched Arrow through like season four or such because after now it's maybe later than that. When they introduced the Flash, the whole thing with Arrow was like, I know they're bringing the Flash in. So I watched the first couple seasons. The guy that took in me started watching Flash. I loved it. Uh, they brought in Legends of Tomorrow. That first season's a lot of fun. Um, I need to get back to that because I've heard that's like the most ridiculous of all of them. And then you watched some Black Lightning and some Supergirl. Yeah. 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 I watched, uh, I was watching, I think the first two seasons of, of uh, Legends. I watched first season of Black Lightning, two or three seasons of Supergirl. And just uh, at one point it became overload. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to have the patience to sit back and watch all of these or binge them. Um, 
And uh, like I, I like I said, I, I knew that if if there was a crossover episode and I wanted to tune in to check it out, I probably would have enough information to be like, isn't that person alive or dead? It doesn't matter. It doesn't I'll just matter. go on. Yeah, it's just like same yeah. thing as like you buy a crossover series, right? You're like, eh, I'm just going to yeah. roll with the story being told. I will say that there was a bit there where that was like part of my ritual on like Saturday mornings. I'd wake up before my wife and then um, she'd come in. And I'd be watching The Flash and I was like, I'm just watching my stories. You know, like, it was like superhero soap operas. Like, I just got to get my stories in real quick, you know. And then she'd watch them out of corner of eye. I'm like, I don't want to watch these. And then she'd get, like, like hooked into, like, the relationship stuff, especially with Arrow. And she'd start asking questions. I'm like, do you want to watch it with me? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I will say, yeah, too, please. that I just wanted to end, the, end real quick on this because yes. how the boys ran this last season, too. Um, I... I know I'm old school and we grew up with watching TV weekly, but like with WandaVision, Mandalorian, uh, the boys, I, I like having something to look forward to each week. I so agree. please keep that up. Also, it gives me like, it helps me set my week up like mentally. Like I, you and I talked about before we started recording about how everything's kind of a blur right now with like, we're a year into the pandemic. Everything gets real mushy. I like having smaller things to consume as opposed to a binge. If right, which sense. I mean, yeah. we talked about, you know, Cobra Kai season three on the show. So it was like, well, I'm going to watch it anyway. But I'm like, I'm done now. Like, uh, I got to wait a year at least probably for season four. Yeah. So, so give me something. Probably, to, like, if they were to release those episodes weekly on Netflix, too, that would have been wonderful. You know, yeah. but, you know, it is what it is. Right. So I think it's nice to have like these 30, 40 minute things to look forward to. And kind of like that also that also sets up like the virtual water cooler moments. You know, I think it's wonderful. I get, we have time. Like I, you know, like I understand we're in this, like we're in a point like digitally where it's like everything has to happen right now, but I think it's okay to have some delay gratification and to have some, like some time for things to sink in for us to talk about and to explore. Right. Like, um, not, not to drag this out. <clears throat> it's, it's what we do here on the show. On the other podcast I do the strange highways with my buddy, Terry, we're watching the twilight zone sequentially. Right. And so this is a series from like the, we're getting into the last season where season five, we're about like a quarter of the way through that's the twilight zones easily bingeable right now. I could have smashed this like four years ago and watched all of it. It's much more rewarding for me to watch it one week and kind of let it ruminate and do some research on it. So now it sinks in better and I remember it more. Yeah. And you know, uh, you were just talking about, uh, you know, strange highways. And I, I think about like, Actually, when I was watching the show, listening to the, the episodes, like I, I liked, you know, that it was th that you guys weren't like comparing it to future episodes or looking at it from an overall view. I liked the idea that, you know, you were examining it for the episode that it was. Um, you were, you know, it wasn't like, oh, here's everything about the Twilight Zone all in one shot and we're going to compare every episode to other episodes that you haven't may may have already seen. So I, I liked that week to week effect with it as well. Um, I just feel I, like I, it gives me more of the perspective of like the viewer at the time and the sense of like, you had to like wait. So you had to think about it for a week. I will say that the shadow has been growing longer and longer of what the series was in terms of the episode count of like what we're watching now in terms of season five. But I think that's fair. Right. Cause it's something that's already existed before we talk about the episode we're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. but like, I just, I don't know, man, like it's okay to space things out. I think it's, I think it's fine. Like you, you've recommended on this show and to me, and I, I need to finish it. Uh, Lovecraft country. I know you kind of binged it, but it was released weekly as well. 
Yeah, um, I mean, we we didn't do it in like a one sitting, but yeah, we what we we probably binged it in like two to three sittings, and I I need to do that now with Watchmen, and I I don't mean to say this and sound tone deaf, but like the reason I kind of put Watchmen at an arm's length was after the initial like everybody loving it, and then you know people being like, oh, it's not just an adaptation of the comic; it's building off of it. Uh, I was like. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of things that very much are real world right now, and I kind of <laughs> need something as an escape. Um, you mean like a that, psycho gorman? Are you saying yes. that? Okay. <laughs> so uh, more psycho gorman. Uh, now that we are uh, starting to, uh, the clouds are starting to lift. Maybe I can get into Watchmen. Fair enough. All right, so let's go do it for our news slash mini review of things segment. That's what we do here. That's what happens. So, all right, uh, yeah, enough about that. We're gonna get into. Uh, Psycho Gorman, which was released in 2020, but we watched it in 2021. So whatever. It's a new movie. There's monsters. We're going to talk about it right now. It's going to be a lot of fun. And now for our feature presentation. 2020, 2021's Psycho Gorman. Um, it is a drama about a Gorman that's just trying to keep a small business together and the bank from taking it from him. That's not true at all. Steve, what is Psycho Gorman? Psycho Gorman. Well, we, we got a little taste of it with our opening tonight, but uh, Psycho Gorman is about a Gorman. Gorman. I mean, it sounds Psycho, like- <laughs> Psycho Gorman. Uh, from Aliens, uh, Lieutenant Gorman uh, pops up in his own movie. Uh, no, uh, Psycho Gorman is about a entity who is... Uh, basically buried within the earth, uh, and there is a gem that is a part of him that uh, a little girl comes into uh, possession of, and it allows her to control this uh, otherworldly being. Uh, Otherworldly makes him sound like he's a ghost. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, It's it's basically like, what if Skeletor like was like sent to earth, but like punished by like the mash universe. And he's chained to this gym that gives him his power, but they separated. And a girl who has like the most confidence in the world finds the gym. And because of this, she can control Skeletor. That's what it feels like to me. That's a very, very good uh, summation and much better than I did. I was also trying to think of uh, the golem. So I'm like, Oh, it's essentially the golem in some ways, although she doesn't like build, him you know but long story short yes what paul said yeah well okay so it is very much like in the, it's it's in like i know people have compared this to like the power rangers um like in the sense of like some of the ridiculousness and like the like you know the action maybe i've never seen the power rangers but i have seen he-man and it, but you could tell so again as we said at the beginning of the show if you've not watched this just stop listening right now and watch this movie because um, it is a lot of fun. Um, like uh, a friend of the show, Jeff Ritchie asked, he's like, is this appropriate for kids? I'm like, it's appropriate mm. for his kids. Because <laughs> 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 it is R-rated for like the gore and the violence, but it's not done like in a, um, it's R-rated, right? But it's not, it doesn't feel like it is mean-spirited. It just feels goofy and fun. Like you could just be like, oh well, that's just that's just cartoon violence. This whole movie's cartoon violence. I mean, to be fair, as Americans, the only thing we ever have problems with is nudity. So there's no nudity. So you I mean, Psycho Gorman is walking around like without clothes, but we don't see his Gorman at all. So that's fair. Um, 
but yeah, I just like, want to yeah, please. I, I just I just want to point out real quick, if for those of you who are like, I'm going to look up this Psycho Goreman on uh, IMDb. I just want to point out real quick how worthless again their trivia is, because uh, the fact that the uh, planet Gygax that he comes from is an homage to Gary Gygax not yes. only appears once but twice in the trivia, and there's only five pieces of trivia about the movie, so. Somebody wrote it, and then somebody else came to the same conclusion, and then wrote it again. That's yeah. That's I see that. I see I that. You're right. That's terrible. I do like that. The, one of the trivia is that Psycho Gorman is dressed like Alan Grant from Jurassic Park. That I, you know what, I can believe that because he looks like that, <laughs> like a little bit. That's fine. But yeah, it's it's a, he's from the Plant Gygax, which whatever. Like I, I heard that, I'm like, that's a fun. That's that's a fun like you know thing. Um, and I, and I guess there, so, so the, the person who, uh, directed this and also one of the main, um, here, I'll back this up on my internet browser here, you know, on my Netscape on my Ash Jeeves. Um, this was written and directed by, uh, Steven Kostansky. Um, so, uh, he, um, he's part of a collective, uh, mainly known as Astron six, their Canadian film production company. Uh, that make a lot of lower budget, like horror comedy type of uh, things. Uh, there's a lot of friends that we have in common that and have, have watched all of Astron six output. Um, I could, I can tell you that I have not seen what they have put out. There's a film called Mamborg that's available on Amazon prime. It looks low budget as shit. And that's, I think that's kind of why I want to watch it. I have not gotten to that. Um, they put out like a shallow, like, uh, like, parody not parody is the right word but like their own version of a giallo called the editor that's supposed to be a lot of fun they had a uh a web series called De- was it uh deadbeat dad or divorce dad sorry like these guys kind of like their their tongue is like firmly placed in their cheek right and steven kostansky has been part of this uh but he also broke out and did his like he did another film in 2016 um that was uh crowdfunded called the void that steve and i had both had seen um, I saw the theater, the Cleveland cinemas had it for one night. I ended up like, I was like, this, everyone's like, it's like a love letter to love letter to John Carpenter. I'm like, I got to check this out. Um, what are your thoughts about the void before we talk about, uh, uh, psycho Gorman? Well, I did such a fantastic job of recapping this movie. I don't know that I'm really going to be able to go too in depth with the void, but but you don't need to. I'm just saying it's available on Netflix. No. I believe or it was <laughs> my, my point is my you've memory. seen the void before. So, you know, Costanzi's work previous to this film. Yeah, I mean, the the void is actually a, a it's a really well done movie. It's beautiful to look at. Um, it's just also the void might be a good way of describing both its plot and uh, character development. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so there is there is this thing. So the void left me very cold and detached as well, which may have been its point. But at the same time, that doesn't make me love a movie anymore. You know, let's throw that out there. I, I paid like five dollars to go see it at the theater, which is still five dollars better spent than Grizzly 2. That's the 2021 is going to be the year of me sandbagging Grizzly 2. Just throwing that out there, everybody. Just stay, stay tuned. Take a drink every time I shit on Grizzly 2. Does a bear shit in the woods? If it's Grizzly 2, it's me shitting on that bear. There you go. Um, it was one of those films I saw in the theater. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And it's like, there's moments where like, oh, this could have been something. And there wasn't like enough connective tissue. And there was like these weird leaps in logic that I wasn't on board for. Um, so yeah, visually there's the film's interesting and the score is pretty great too. And there's some fun ideas, but it just never, ever like cross the finish line for me. So, 
um, I was always a little lukewarm about like what was coming next. Um, with with um, this, uh, whenever Psycho Gorman was like announced or like I saw like people excited for it, I, I just was kind of indifferent. And then I saw the trailer and then I saw people were like over the moon about the film itself. So I'm like, I'll give it a chance. Um, this still much like the void, um, even though this film is set today, like there's nothing to show me that's not set in 2020. Um, this still feels like it's part of this like retro wave of like films that are trying to capture like eighties films. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, um, psycho Warman does like wonderful, like spiritually taking it. But how do you feel about these films that are trying or this trend of like always trying to reach back to the eighties for like certain, like, I don't know, not Spielberg magic, but there was something then. Well, I didn't think eighties with this. I did think nineties, uh, a couple of reasons, uh, just based on the televisions that are used in the film. Uh, there's a moment where they, uh, take a TV that's got a built in VCR, Okay. Uh, that's fair uh, to psycho Gorman, which I don't believe was a thing until the nineties doesn't necessarily mean, and uh, I'll just say this real quick. It's it, true. What you said, I don't think we're actually ever given a date as to when this is supposed to take place, but there's never a cell phone in place. There's never anything that would, you know, denote anything within the last 20 years, at least. So I, I immediately thought it was the nineties just based on the televisions, because there's a scene later where they're, uh, the husband, the father of the, the, the little girl and little boy buys a replacement TV. And it's also a shitty like nineties television that I probably had until like 10 years ago. That's fair. So, so maybe I didn't pick up on that, but I, there was nothing here to really like, I don't know. It just never, it never felt like it was trying to like anchor itself in a place in time. And, and that's fine. I actually, you know, I, I, I had seen a post recently by another mutual friend of ours who uh, um, also has a podcast that he, he was talking about the fact that my and your generation, I suppose, since I think all three of us are in the same age age range, needs to die for its love of nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I mean, I there's a lot. I, of, I, I still there's a lot of tacos I would eat first. I don't want to die. Well, I, just... <laughs> I pointed out that nostalgia is not you know uh, it's not. Uh, a problem that's specifically solely attributed to our generation. Um, you know, the reason that we have a lot of things that, that happen, I mean, I don't want to get political, but the idea of make America great again is for people who are like nostalgic for the way they remember things being 50 years ago. Um, with that in mind, I think nostalgia is, is, is a part of every generation. There are people and I actually said, I'm like, you know, 20 years from now, there's people who are going to be talking about the fact that Avengers Endgame is the greatest movie that was ever made and that Fortnite was the best video game ever made and it was never surpassed. Like, it's just going to happen. I, I saw a tweet where someone was like, I wish I was born in the late 90s because, like, the early 2000s seemed like a less complicated time. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like 9-11 happened and that wasn't complicated <sighs> at all. Yeah, um, I, mean, I, I, I mean, nostalgia is always a problem for a generation that ages, right? Like, uh, to, to, to tie this back to the toys that made us, there was the whole Kawhi thing, right? With, um, mm -hmm. hello kitty that grew up with that generation. Right. And they looked back on like the cartoon characters and that kind of thing. And it just became ingrained in the culture in some parts of the culture. Right. So, um, with this, you're right. This is kind of not like anchored in time, 
but it's like there are elements of this that you can tell that this is a love letter. Like they've, they've taken the right things that make you like the things from before, but it's not beholden to it. If that makes sense. Right. And I, I think in the terms of the power Rangers, I think what they were thinking of was, is that, you know, that was a villain of the week show, or I guess it was a syndicated daily show. So villain of the day show, but like, you know, the Power Rangers would fight, you know, a different monster pretty much every day. Even if the villains who were controlling them were the same in the background, there was sort of this feel of these, you know, hastily put together, you know, villains that show up. And I, I'm not saying that about any of the characters in this, but like there's a scene later in the film where a a, um, a group of them are all uh, together and they feel very much like they were put together in that same style, although they're far well, uh, they're far more better done. I'll put it that way. So what you're saying but is that, like, that what happens in the film that uh, the psycho Gorman, who was like, what's he else called? Like the, the, the nightmare factory or whatever his name is. Like he's like the Duke of nightmares or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, he sends a call out. Sorry. No, Archduke of nightmares. Hey, I was almost right. Um, what, what what's the difference between Archduke and Duke? Is like, does that like a, a like is he like the vice president of nightmares? I don't know. I don't know. I can I can barely uh, come up with commentary. But like, what any- like, but like the Arch Deluxe was like, is the Deluxe the better version of that sandwich versus the Arch Deluxe? I don't know. Well, anyway. I don't think they offered the Deluxe. So right. So like the Arch the Deluxe. Okay. Great. Right. So anyway, so. Um, I don't know why I'm using McDonald's logic here, but that's, I always devolve now to you're fast food. language. <laughs> like, are we going to find out in the future? There's going to be like this weird star Trek thing where they go to visit a planet where it's like, we can't speak to them. It's like, say the word McRib. It's like, Oh, we get it. You know, whatever. Anyway. So to speak in fast food terms, like, you know, McPizza, you know, whatever. So anyway, he's the Archduke of nightmares. Um, and then he, he sends a call out, uh, for his crew. And then they show up and there's that big showdown in the woods. I, I love the diversity of costuming. Like when I say this is low budget, cause it is, um, but it's, it's low budget and like the best way possible. And also you can see that, that, um, they do everything they can to stretch every dollar on the screen or Canadian dollar, which is less than whatever. Anyway, like you can tell that there's a lot of love put into the costuming designs and effects. It doesn't have the same like a thousand percent polish of like a Michael Bay or Steven Spielberg film, but they do enough that you're on board for it. Yeah. But that's the charm of something yes. like this. Um, I remember, you know, back in my day, um, I remember in college, uh, and this is how old I am folks. When I was in college, Beavis and Butthead had only been around, uh, for about a year at that time when I had my first semester in college. And I remember having a, a discussion in an art class about the fact that like Beavis and Butthead are drawn in a very distinct style and it's not like other animation, but it's part of the charm of the show. The look of the characters is part of the charm of the show. And yes, it's simplistic in some ways. Yes, they are, which is interesting because they're cartoons are almost always in three quarters view. You know, you're getting a lot of straight on shots of Beavis and Butthead in the show, but there's a style to it and that's applies here. The charm of this is that like, not everything's perfect. Like, yeah, they could have gone over, uh, you know, uh, one of the characters with CGI and clean something up, 
but the charm is is that like you get a different feel from from live you know either costuming or effects puppets whatever that are being done on set i remember you know before the force awakens came came out the force awakens came out sorry jj uh, abrams talking about like you know where's the line between our practical and digital you know and there was a, a scene it's at the very beginning of the film where bb8 is rolling through the sand and like a creature pops up in the background and he's like yeah he's like that's all just practical he's like we could have done something on top of it he's like but i feel like it's part of the magic of those films is you know that that puppeteering that you know that that you know it's not real but it also doesn't need a layer of gloss. It doesn't need a layer of CGI on top of it. And there's nothing that's going to make it more real. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciate that about this film. I, I like that. I'm trying to like put it in, in perspective to other films that we've talked about. Like for instance, Velociraptor, which had like Velocipaster. no budget. The Velocipaster. Yes. Velocipaster. My apologies. Uh, had no budget as well. But they were even on a lower effects level. Like, I, I think had that movie had the level of effects that this did, it would have been successful. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, which we understand that there's probably like a, like clearly different money levels, uh, mm-hmm. but, the, yeah, but whatever. So um, <laughs> for this movie to, to, to like be like, oh, there is now a brain with eyeballs that have tentacles. We're going to show it a lot. And it is it like every time you see it, it's a delight. And they even put it part of a montage, like a clothing montage. You know what kind of movie that they know they're making. And I, I adore that. Um, and I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is like the practical effects work for me. And there's some, there is some um, digital assist work with some of the, like, you know, like the, um, what do you want to call it? Like the power effects going on where you see like things going on and like swords and like blasts and laser blasts or whatever. I'm on board for this. Like, yeah, but yeah. I'm talking about that layer of sheen that you were referring to. Yeah, like, I, know, I know. I'm just you saying know. it's clear when you watch this that you know that it's like it is um, it it almost some of the practical um, being work like aliens or whatever, like especially uh, the para- sorry, the Pandora, um, who was a cool looking character, right? Like the big, like white angelic robot. Looked mm. like something that definitely would have fit in Doctor Who before they started pumping the budgets up, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and let's also let's 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 step back here and just point out, like, you know, these are hard designs to pull off. They're all original designs. There's nothing that isn't, you know, pre-molded. Like they're working from scratch. Like this is a lot of work for an effects house to put out. And I, I think that, I think that there's a, it, and admittedly, I just got done talking about how, you know, people were like, Oh, you don't like WandaVision because, you know, it's not, you know, explosions and whatnot. I, I do think that there may be a, a subset of viewers who would be like, Oh, the effects look cheap in this, but there's a lot of hard work that went into this movie. Yes. There's a lot of like wonderfully done makeups and practical effects they're just not done to a hundred dollar million, you know, a hundred million dollar level. A hundred dollar million. That. Yes. That's yes. Where no, but like, even like the suit of the psycho Gorman, um, like that's impressive. Like it's mm-hmm. so cool looking. And then when he even goes into his like flashback origin stories, how they show like these, 
like, you know, miniatures and sets and everything. I'm on board because it's done well. It's done well. And it's also kind of taking the piss out of things, especially he's telling the story. And like, he keeps getting interrupted because the kids are bored. Like it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've not even talking about like the main kids here, but the effects are great in this. Like for what it is, um, if it was too slick, I think it would have lost some of its effect. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, maybe that goes back to that power Rangers thing that I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, you and I don't really have an affinity for it, but there is a generation of people who do. But I think it it strikes a balance between being really good effects and then having that sort of, you know, uh, rougher on the edges quality to well, it as I mean, well. That's right? also the callback to like the Godzilla movies, right? Like there's a certain amount of like charm to that. Yeah, yeah. And I understand Godzilla versus Kong that's coming out is all just two guys in suits. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what I saw. I just saw <laughs> I saw uh Bobcat Goldflake from One Crazy Summer and uh the Godzilla suit. And um I saw uh yeah, anyway, whatever. Anyway, so yes, um we've talked about the effects. They're wonderful. Um what like I, I, I posted on Facebook when I started watching this six minutes into this movie and I was over the moon. Like I, it takes, it takes a lot for me to just be like tickled and like all in real quickly for a film anymore because being, being a podcaster, everybody, you know, pull everybody behind the curtain here. There's a lot of times where Steve and I like actively decide we're going to like consume some media. You may not be in the right headspace for it when you get into it. So you have to kind of find, your way through it as you're getting into it, because you may not be in the mood for it, but you've already set a time and there's expectation when you record. And I'll be honest, when I got to this on, um, what was it? Monday. I just, I wasn't in like the best of moods, but like to like watch this film, but within a couple minutes, everything melted away and I was all in. Yeah. I, I think with, with this for me, at least I, I was in a pretty decent headspace when I, I went to watch it. Um, and I'm trying to pinpoint it at which point you were like in on the, on the movie. Um, I will say that, and again, I mentioned this earlier, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who likes conversation. I like dialogue, but there's a, a scene at the beginning of a film with, um, Mimi and her brother, uh, who psycho Gorman can never remember his name throughout the movie, which is a funny <laughs> gag. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think his name's Luke. I could be wrong on that. Let me let me just look and see. Well, maybe it's not important. But uh, long story short, it's it's a it's it's a scene where they're playing a game in the backyard. It's Luke. And you're it's, right. Yeah, it's it's really um, not only does it take you back to like stupid games you play when you're kids, because actually one of the things I thought was funny was is a. There was a moment in the film where they were talking about they're playing a game, and the dad's like, "What game are you playing?" And they're like, "We were playing guns." Yes. Guns is such a like that's not a real game, but every kid played it. Like oh, hell yeah. I don't know, I played guns growing up. Yeah, like it was like, "What is guns?" It's just you have a gun and like you're <laughs> shooting each other. Like, yeah, I mean, I grew up, it, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so it was okay to say that you're playing guns without like you know problem. That wasn't as problematic. Yes. Right, but I'm just saying, like, uh, for kids growing up in our generation, I would say, well, say and we're probably those army. in the 90s. We're playing Army. It was like tag with guns. You'd all hide in the middle of nowhere, and if you saw somebody, you'd call out that you did it. You know, yeah, just playing but guns. But I, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard reference in a film. Yeah, right. Um, it, 
it's kind of referenced in an episode of Spaced, which I uh, we'll get to this the, year. The, I promise, twenty twenty one. Yes, we'll get to this space. year. Yes, um, you will watch Space, but uh, I, I thought that was charming, and, and um, uh, going back to that original scene. You know, it, it tells us a lot about who the two characters are and what their relationship is to each other beyond just being brother and sister. Like, uh, it's clear that Mimi is the one who has the uh, uh, the confidence, has the uh, to an extent where later in the film it becomes a problem where she's bullying, but she's the one who who is the tougher of the two. We'll put it that way. Uh, well, you get the notion with, when they're playing crazy ball at the beginning that like. Any any time something would happen, she would just be like, "Oh well, this is what's happening now." To always win, so I think that's where the nature of the switcheroo happened. Because I think that you know she realized that she was going to lose, but then she made up a rule, which is very much in line with when we talked about basketball, where it's like, "Oh no 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 no, you got to do it this way now." I didn't tell you that. Well, that's just part of the rules. But I think it does a good job of establishing the two characters. Yes, yes. And then later on, and when I say later on, like maybe a minute or two later, which is where I think that I, 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 I may be imagining this or not, but I think it's probably the, the moment that you fell in love with the movie is, is that there is a, a, a uh, SOS style, uh, you know, knocking on uh, <laughs> yes. the wall discussion that the two characters have. And then it's described to you in, uh, Subtitles, but uh, <laughs> they're talking about what they unearthed in the ground in a scene previously, which was Psycho Gorman. They don't know it at the time. Well, it was like almost like a Simon style, like touching buttons to get this gym out. And yeah. then she just guessed the right thing and it just popped out. I was like, this is dumb as all get out, but I'm in. Also, how deep a hole did that kid dig? Like, I, I don't know about you. Have you ever dug anywhere? It takes forever. Like, you know, like, man. He, he he's apparently quick. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. That said, though, uh, that what's funny to me about that scene is is that uh, he he's like I I worried that it's grandma, <laughs> and Mimi's response is grandma's in hell forever. <laughs> I already told you that. Or I'm like Jesus, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like there's worried that like is his grandma buried back in the backyard? Whatever. Like it's just. I love that like their their relationship is like it's it's the through line of the of the movie, but it's one of the through lines, right? Also, the knocking gets paid off later, which is great. Actually, even earlier than that, whenever they're knocking amongst themselves, and you get the bit where the mother slams against the wall and knocks her own message. Like none of that mm-hmm. makes sense, but it's funny, and you see how families work. Um, that's great. I also love the parents. Like, like we did th- this film didn't owe us the mom and dad being as, as the characters that they were like the, you could tell there was a lot of heart and thought put into making everybody in this film, like give them their moments in terms of like us as if you were watching and enjoying them. The dad is like, I love the dad, but he's like the biggest, like just, just lazy piece of shit, but I love him. Yeah. And that's actually one of the few problems that I had with the film was, is that, uh, I, so initially when we meet him, he seems like the cool dad and <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he is then the one who's hey, decided has to, he made chicken for everybody. He made chicken breasts <laughs> right. in the microwave, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but he then decides he has to, uh, 
or he's elected to be the one who filled the hole back in that the kids <laughs> dug up that Psycho Gorman came out of. Yeah. And he does a, a like faking an injury thing, which initially I thought, oh, that's a funny way of being like, oh, the kids are going to have to do it. Dad hurt his hand. And I guess it is developed into a larger issue later. But when that larger issue comes up, it feels like it came out of left field because he's suddenly like, oh, I had to like take off work. And his wife's like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're going to have to pull some more shifts at the pharmacy because I'm not going to be working. And she's like, what? No, and that he he was just terrible too. And then, but late, like later, whatever, like he should be more concerned for his family. He's like, you need to drive me to the hospital. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, it's like you could tell that he's not a bad guy, but he's like he has a lot of problems and a lot of like self centered issues. Yeah, I just I felt like it came out of left field, even though it's established earlier in the film. I'm like, well, that's a weird turn that suddenly he's a piece of shit. But uh, it doesn't deter me from the movie. It was just a a thing that just when I was watching it, that stuck out to me. I'm like, oh well, I thought he was a good guy, but he oh kind no, of really he's kind of he's kind of a wiener, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Uh, but I like that the parents actually get something to do. I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's this a lot here. There's a lot of layers. Uh, there's actually like you get like. Um, you get, so you get the notion. So Mimi gets the gem that controls uh psycho Gorman. They name him psycho Gorman PG for short, which I think is funny because this film is violent as all get out and they keep calling him PG, which I think is great. I know, I know it's taking the piss out of the rating. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, I, Mimi, um, is Mimi like, I know we're only into February is Mimi the greatest, uh, character in 2021. I think she might be. I think she might be. I I do wish that because uh, I, I there was a point in the film where I'm like, oh, Mimi's not all she's cracked up to be, uh, particularly with her attitudes towards her brother. Um, and I, I say that as somebody who you know loves The Simpsons. I love that you know back and forth between Bart and Lisa, and that's not what's happening here. But like, she's literally like at one point just almost lets her brother die. I'm like, ah. I, I guess, um, but I, I do like Mimi an awful lot. I do, I do feel very um, sorry for the uh, the young man that she has affection for that she lets <laughs> become a brain, uh, because she's also still convinced that they'll get married someday, which I think is funny. But yeah, I, I love that she's the take charge character of the movie. I love that so much of it is just based on her being unafraid. Um, and I, I like that uh, she's got a naivete to her um, in the sense that uh, nothing scares her, which is kind of how youth works in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're right. Like, no, she's she's definitely a bully to her brother. There's a bit like later on where she's like, you need to fight that uh, robot angel like right now. And she's like talking to her brother and he's like, I'm not going to do this. She's like, ah, fine, you're dead to me. Like. There's, there's definitely that whole thing of like, you get like the siblings that will be ser- super serious, but like when it comes to brass tacks, they'll, they'll get each other's backs, but she throws her brother under the bus, like every chance she gets right. Like it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's kind of like bothering, but it's like also like they're kids. And that's what they're going to do. There's the bit later, whatever. She's like, I'll be in my office. And she talks to like, talks to God about like what she wants to do like the way that thing gets subverted is amazing. And I was like, that's perfectly on point for this character so far. And the music sequence that like the song she writes and sings, like, 
Oh yeah, the, yes. the song's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Oh. I, 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 like I said, the problem that I ran with, into with Mimi was fleeting. It was just a, a moment watching the film, like going, "Oh God, maybe she's you know, <laughs> she's basically going to sentence her brother to death. That's not so great." But like for the most part, I'm in her corner for throughout the movie. No, it, it's just like if this film was like ET was actually like a destroyer of worlds, and Elliot was an asshole. That's the film he says. <laughs> yeah, and I love it. I, I think this film just every like every couple minutes I was just like laughing my ass off but also enjoying the whole journey I love that because she holds the gym and her power so um, Psycho Goreman can't like run roughshod unless she asks him to but she also like will set him down and make him watch TV and read magazines like that feels 80s is all get out to me that feels like there's that weird like you know being like humanization of somebody and he's like why do I care about all this it's like well look at these hunky boys I don't care for these hunky boys or do I <laughs> like, like that feels like there's that, like, I don't know. They're, they're just, my gosh, like this is like, I don't want to make this like a reference party, but like, that's a lot of fun. Um, earlier, whenever, um, he, like you, you meet psycho Gorman before he is like, you know, finds out that he's like actually being in the power of like this, like, like, you know, what, like 10 year old girl, um, or however old she is there's the dude he runs into like in the garage and this guy's like, I want to live forever. And he's like, and you will. And it was like, that felt like something straight out of Hellraiser to me, like the punishment. And then how that gets resolved is hysterical. Yeah. The, the, the way that gets resolved, uh, is, is really funny. And the fact that the guy's like, thank you. Yeah. When he's finally like just dead. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And, and, and how'd uh, you feel about like I, the, the cabal of like the other like weird aliens and all the costumes that were like trying to watch from a distance of what was happening on earth. I love that. I actually love the fact too, that they're like, kind of like bickering back and forth. Like at one point, like the guy's eating like a blue spaghetti or something. Yeah, like, hey, that's for everybody. That's bloodles for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I loved all that stuff. I, I loved all the costuming. I loved all the, the effects stuff. Uh, I love the fact that part of the charm of the movie is, is that every time Stephen Gorman, Stephen Gorman, why did I say that every time? Cause I, I know why. Oh my gosh. Can I, can I, can I just have, tell you that that's going to be the episode title now? Stephen <laughs> Gorman. It's going to be spelled so, like, it's going to be spelled I, like your name and then Gorman. I, I have the the IMDb up, and the voice <laughs> for Psycho Gorman is Stephen Vallejos, I think is his name. Vallejos, maybe. Yeah. And uh, I read Stephen, and I wrote read Gorman, so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, Ste- I love the Steve fact Gorman, so much- attorney at law. <laughs> I love how much of the film is tempered by like him saying something horrific and people just being like, okay, gotta go. Or yeah. like, bye. bye. <laughs> yeah. I just, man, I don't know. Like this, like you feel like, um, you ever, you ever get to those things where it's like, it feels like it's the cure for what ails you. Like, this is one of those ones where it's like, not that I felt like I was like, I, mean, I, I admit, like I said, I mentioned that I was like, not the right head space, but, um, you, you know me and hopefully people listening know that like it, I, I want to be cheerleaders for things. I want to be the rah-rah squad for a lot of things that we watch because it is better to um, cheer things on to tear down, right? But it takes a while. It takes something like completely like 
out of whole cloth that I'm not like, I'm not, um, read about like two years in advance to catch me off guard. Like I kind of wish, um, like I kind of wish that like, I wish sometimes, um, the roles that I have with my wife would be flipped where, cause she doesn't pay, like she, she likes what she likes. She does the things she does, but I bring a lot to her because I already know that I like it. I'm like, here, watch this thing. And she's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, just watch it. I kind of wish there was times where it was flipped where someone would just bring me something and be like, just watch it. And this is one of those ones where like, yeah, we saw the trailer, but it's like, I didn't know shit about this other than like the two minute trailer. And it was a delight. And it's like one of those things that's, that reignites my enjoyment of like, you know, uh, pop culture and like cinema. Yeah, I mean, we all want to have things reintroduced or not reintroduced, but introduced to us that, you know, we we didn't know were coming or, you know, there's that feeling of discovery. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I, I I hope that we get to see more of this. I think in, in the, the sense of what you're talking about when it comes to, um, you know, being introduced to something that you didn't know existed or didn't even know that you wanted. I I can't help but think of like the place that we are currently within modern media. Um, you know, there, there seems to be like no middle anymore. And we've had this discussion previously on the show, but it's like, yeah, but how, you, know, every, how you hate WandaVision and I like it. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. Yes. Uh, no, just how, <laughs> how it's either a hundred million dollars or it's done for five bucks and, uh, was filmed on an iPhone. Like there isn't a lot of middle anymore. Um, and I, I like that this movie does what it does on a small budget. It's very ambitious. I like the fact that, uh, I, I don't want to call it nostalgic cause I'm not nostalgic for this period, but like there is, this feels like, and I, I don't mean this as a detrimental se- statement, but like we've all come across that movie where like this came out direct to video and like, I don't understand why, but it's amazing. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but, uh, you know, it, well, I mean, it reminds like, me oh, of, sorry, go ahead, please. No, I was just gonna say like, and I, I already brought up clerks earlier, but, you know, the, the fact that like, you know, Kevin Smith made a movie for like twenty seven thousand dollars on his yeah. credit cards and it looks like it's shot with a security cam uh, camera, security cam camera. Jesus Christ. Well, even, um, like, even like the original Evil Dead, which got like theatrical release, right? Like it felt like it was lower budget and like kind of like a taboo attached to it. Right. Like, oh, goodness, these guys just went to the woods in Kentucky or Tennessee, whatever, uh, and, and made this film that. Like we feel like we're being brought into the like into the fold of this thing that shouldn't exist, right? And, and I guess the point that I'm saying, uh, trying to make is, is that uh, you know this film has a charm to it, and it's something that I don't know gets made at a, a bigger company. And I'm glad that chances like this are getting taken, and it's something that uh, I, I hope we see more of. I hope that. And I'll also say this, this doesn't feel like there's somebody in a boardroom, like, you know, trying to chip in their two cents. Like this feels like a passion driven project and it shows like this has the seeds of like a cult film, like all over it. 
right? Like it is one of those things where it's like, it's only going to grow in time. It's you're, it's going to be one of those things where like a year from now, we're going to see posts about people that are going to be like, hey, did you see Psycho Gorman? It's like, yeah, we read it before it was cool. And like, and then we'll have to like check ourselves and be like, no, 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 that's cool that you like it. I feel like that's kind of where we're at with it now. Yeah. I mean, I remember, uh, God, this was three or four years ago now. Um, the Capitol Theater was doing a monthly presentation with Dread Central uh, for their film division, Dread Presents. And they showed uh, Turbo Kid, which I think actually has a, a lot in common with this film. But I knew nothing about Turbo, Turbo Kid. It actually it had built up a audience because there were people there cosplaying as characters from Turbo Kid. And maybe we should slate this for a future episode. But like uh, Turbo Kid was just such a joy when I saw it because I knew nothing about it, didn't know anything uh, going into it. And uh, it's an amazing low budget film. Um, and it's very much in line with this in the sense that like a lot of practical effects, a lot of uh, people doing really hard work uh, to make things look as good as possible for a low budget. Yeah. And I remember when that was showing and I just, I didn't make it cause I was being a piece of shit and I was like, man, I don't want to go. Uh, and that I ended up watching uh, turbo kid later and it was amazing that, and I think I even told you, if not you or somebody else that, Turbo Kid and um, Psycho Gorman are wonderful bookends to each other because like they are these not love letters, but like they, they take the things they love and make their own things with them. Um, but also like, I don't know, like they're, they're just both great and they're also Canadian productions. So what's Canada got that we don't got? I don't know. Like healthcare. <laughs> Yeah. No, wait. No, no. They're just like, oh, oh, we can go up north and get Michael Ironsides because he knows he's going to get some of that sweet, sweet health care. And they also, they also have David Finch who sent me a, he's going to be sending me a sweet Wolverine oh, dog. So there you go. Wow. We owe Canada a lot. Like, no. We so, do. Yeah. No, Turbo Kid, like, I think that's a wonderful book into this. I think, I think that would be a wonderful double feature because, like, um, I love that Turbo Kid's set in the far off year of 1994. I think, right? And it's <laughs> yeah, like post-apocalyptic. So. It's like it's just yeah, it's it's a fun movie and this it's the same vibe, you're right. It's like there's a lot of love um and it's like there's a lot of effort and it's it's it, you can tell they focused a lot on making this like the like the best they can make it for what they got and it just it just shines. And also um I don't know if uh if you pay attention and this is me teasing the end of the episode, how far they leaned into this type of nostalgia. Did you pay attention to the credits? Like the, the last, like was playing over the credits for psycho Gorman. Uh, I'm trying to think of when I stopped it. I know it was the, the family eating scene. Um, Oh, there's that, but there's also a teaser later with like the cabal of all the aliens are like, Oh, we all know what we got to do next. So they put a handgun down. They're like, who wants to shoot themselves first? And like, I didn't like, see that the, at all. Like the glass, the glass brain races uh, its hand. <laughs> Like they put down a revolver on the table. It's great, but no. Oh. So you don't know what's coming next. Um, this will be a delight to you and for everybody listening. So uh, when we get to the episode, it is like, you could tell they knew what kind of movie they were making. And I adore what they played over the end credits. I'll just say that. I also love the fact that uh, the film uh, now, I, I, this is another it's not really a criticism, but like this is something that I was like, I kind of wish this would have happened. But I like the fact that Psycho Gorman, he makes a plea 
or he makes a promise not to uh, kill anyone in the family, the immediate family, <laughs> but then immediately leaves and starts just destroying Earth, which I thought was funny. And I realize I'm ruining the, the movie for you folks. You're not, but, ruining, uh, you're not ruining any of like. There's a lot of one wonderful character comedic beats in this whole film. Like we can't ruin all of it. But there, there was a part of me that I just wish that like. I kind of like just hope that he would, you know, murder the family afterwards. Like, oh, that's dark. I wasn't expecting I, that. Okay. No, I was, I was ex- like, I just thought it would have been funny if he would have been like, I know I promised that I wouldn't kill any of you, but I lied. But and, I like, like that he was like, I, no, no, like he's like, I promise I won't kill you or your family full of idiots. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like the reverse star man. It's like, I'm, I've come to bring hope. Nope. I've come to lay waste. I think at one point he uses the uh, Bender, uh, you know, vernacular of referring to humans as meat bags or something <laughs> along that line. Yeah, no, but the, he has some character beats, and I know I made the comment about hunky boys earlier in the the episode of us talking. Uh, that's a wonderful payoff. Like, <laughs> yes, and it's one of those things where it's like I I will never I will never forget this, and I I hope to always uh, quote this film. This film's highly quotable. Uh, the casting great. Um, it's like, I understand the lady that was playing the mother. She was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's just like, I almost feel like, like, I almost feel like the mother was like, like if I was to recast this, I want it to be Samantha B and I want the dad to be uh, Mac from it's always sunny. That's what I want. Cause I think <laughs> like the, the character, the actors that played those characters are amazing too, but I kind of want that or even put D in the role of the mother. I, I never would have thought of recasting them, so that didn't pop into my head. Um, I I don't know who I would have uh, recast them as. Fair but, enough. Uh, I guess you know I don't know why this just popped into my head, but it, their their relationship very much reminds me of two like two brief scenes of John Connor's foster parents in Terminator <laughs> Two. There you go. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, it just whatever. It just it's a delight. It's a delight. So, uh, everything in this is, it just hits on all cylinders. Uh, it's just a lot of fun and people should watch this and, and pay money to watch it and watch it with a couple people. Like, like uh, spoiler, I, my wife has not watched this yet. I'm going to definitely make her watch it this weekend because I need to watch this film again. Cause, uh, how, oh else? Yeah. yeah, if you're, uh, if you're going to show that this weekend, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that you're, yeah. I was going to say, I definitely think your wife should be there. Of course she's going to be there. But if you're going to revisit movies this weekend, the way I think that you're going to, this might be a good one to show. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Mimi's going to be her spirit animal. That's all there is to it. So yeah. Uh, Psycho Gorman, um, thumbs up, thumbs way up, seven thumbs. I don't know. Where do you put this? Ooh, I mean, thumbs? yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I've only got two, so I'm going to give it two <laughs> thumbs up, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, if you liked Turbo Kid, which I referenced earlier, this is going to be right up your alley. Um, if you didn't like Turbo Kid, you're probably not going to like this movie. But uh, um, yeah, I, I I put it below Turbo Kid, but it's in good company. I just, yeah, this this was uh, one of those things, right place, right time. I just I adored it, and uh, uh, we delayed recording tonight because I had things going on, but I also wanted to watch. Uh, the big, uh, the big, uh, challenge, the big, uh, physical challenge that happened at the end. I'm not going to ruin that at all. Uh, what was going on? It was, it was really fun. It's just a fun movie. 
a lot of payoffs. Like they, they don't leave anything hanging. Like they pay everything off. And it's like, it is, it's rare for a film like to be like this goofy and like kind of winking at you at time, like at times, but also know that you're on board for everything. Like, like, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, the brain, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There's the bit where they're playing basketball outside and the brain just leaves and like, Oh, he's leaving. <laughs> it's dumb, but I love it. I love I- it. I guess he's done. And yeah. uh, there's so many things that we didn't even touch on in this yeah. film. I do. I do feel like, you know, if you're looking for, and I guess if you're listening to this, you already know our shtick, but like, I don't feel like we did justice to reviewing the actual film. Oh. I, I think we yeah. just had a fun conversation about it, which is not always bad either. But, uh, based on, you know, our discussions, hopefully you'll check it out, but it's, it's a joy to watch. Yeah. And I think that's good enough, right? You don't want to, you don't want to step on every single thing because that was the joy for us watching it for the first time. Right. So, uh, psycho Gorman, uh, it, it should be nominated for an Oscar for best film of 2021. It won't be, but it should be, you know, honestly, like I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's going to get a, you know, an effects nomination, but maybe it should be looked at like, I, I I do think that there's a lot of hard work and a lot of talented people working behind the scenes to pull off what's in this movie. How amazing would it be if, if Psycho Gorman got like a, a Academy Award nomination? It's not going to, but, but like the that Academy Award nominated Psycho Gorman. That'd be I'd amazing. be okay with it. Yeah, right. Even a Golden Globes, come on, which I know they just announced that, but that was for, well, whatever. Anyway, so, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about Psycho Gorman. Watch it, um, like, pay money for it support support the people that make this because they're only going to make cool things like just keep it interesting which they are right so this is a lot of fun i loved it so let us know your thoughts about psycho gore man uh when you watch it and support them on our facebook page it's invasion of the podcast uh you can email us directly at invading podcast at gmail.com uh wherever you find your podcasts uh rate and review us to be appreciated and steve how can people buy all of your many books if someone out there could just give us a review that's like a four or five star review, I don't know how many stars there are in the reviews anymore, but like just just give us a very positive review. Like on what, like Yelp or like DoorDash? Like where? What? Sure, why not? But just, you know, uh, then, you know, write Steve sucks. And I'd be okay with that. Like just give us some positive reviews. No. I, I literally don't know that uh, I don't look at the reviews, but I would like to. I would like to contribute. So please uh, go out and rate us. Tell us uh, that we're great. <laughs> Except that Steve sucks. I don't understand that. Okay, great. Right. <laughs> uh, just put, you know, like uh, this show tanked four years ago. No, um, <laughs> it's been four years. I think it's three. Uh, so no Joe, no go. Is what yeah, there you go. Uh, no, look, uh, you guys, you know where you can find me, SaturdayNightSlasher.com. You can find me on Instagram and, and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. And, of course, if you want to buy a comic or two written by this guy here who is clearly a wordsmith, go to uh, The Art of the Slash on Etsy, and you can buy uh, not only two issues of the Saturday Night Slasher, but there's also a uh, uh, horror anthology called Beyond Sunset that you can buy, plus stickers and other stuff. So check um, it out. How many Slasher plushies do you have on there? None yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Can you make it where like it's an oversized mask and like a little tiny, like stuffy body with like a, like a, a knife? And it's like 
you know. I'll talk to the people at Funko and yeah, see what and we can do. Just be like, I hate Mondays, but I hate Saturdays more or whatever. <laughs> it's not funny. So, all right. Um, yeah. So that's what we'll do for our discussion. Uh, so I have a quiz about snacks because it is national snack food month. And I hope, uh, Steve is, uh, hungry for questions. All right. So as I said previously, uh, looking at my uh, app, that's super important. It says that uh, February is National Snack Food Month, and I went to click it, and it says uh, laser printer projectors are on sale. Like, no, uh, let me get me the description here. All right, I like that there's paid ads and like this thing talking about like national days. That's weird. Um, it's not giving me a description. It's National Snack Food Month. Month, month. snack foods. So we're coming up uh, on a big snack food day uh, this this Sunday, which uh, I don't know, Steve, if you know this, there's going to be some football going on. Are you ready for some football? Uh, maybe, you know. Um, I don't know that you're ready for some football. I'm ready for some football if it's a laser blast related from uh, <laughs> Mr. Science Theater 3000. I think that was the one, right, where it's like they always had the guy that looked like a... Uh, Yes, yeah, Bocephus. Like, are you ready for some football? All right, so I have a 10-question quiz with multiple choice items here. They are all snack food-ish related, all right? Ooh. So uh, here we go. Um, all right, so question number one. According to www.americanpizzacommunity.com, which is a thing, what is the estimated number of pizzas that will be eaten on Super Bowl Sunday? Is it 9.2 million, 12.5 million, 22 million, or 34 million? I'm going to say 34 million. Well, I mean, if it was like Little Caesars, maybe, because that would, like, they're just hot and ready. 12.5 million pizzas. That seems low. For, I mean, the turnout for, I mean, I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl, but like the, the turnout, I believe is like, isn't it in the hundred millions? Like maybe, I don't know, uh, but I'm just saying like, you know, like, I feel like you and I are not helping the cause by not watching it. Like, I mean, I might watch it this year. Um, I've, I've boycotted a couple times, not for anything political, just cause I just didn't give a shit about the, the, the teams in it. So, um, yeah, I might watch it this year. Uh, just cause I used to be a Tampa Bay fan back in the day when they were the Suckineers, and then they ended up got really, they got good and then they won a Super Bowl, And then it was weird how they had success and I lost interest. And then I moved to Cleveland. So I guess I just, I'm a whipping boy for like, you know, punishment. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, well also Tom nothing. Brady, Tom Brady's also the quarterback right now. So I'm like, you know, whatever anyway. So, and the chiefs, I can't hate them. Like they, they beat the Browns, but I, I, I can't dislike the Chiefs. So I might watch the game anyway. So there we go. Uh, 12.5 million pizzas. I'd just um, like to point out that Tom Brady is one of the few things that still works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brief aside. Uh, how did you feel about the most recent Saturday Live? I thought it was pretty breezy and fun. Yeah. I, I, it, I, I do think that uh, they're going to struggle without, uh, you know, uh, the constant chaos, uh, which is when they normally thrive. 
But uh, I, I did enjoy this episode, and I, I thought that was a fun opening. Yeah, it was fun. Um, all right. So according to some random website I found that was not AmericanPizzaCommunity.com, what is <laughs> what is the favorite snack of Ohio? Is it is it Cheez-Its, Buckeyes, Cosmic Brownies, or Starbursts? Oh, so, I mean... Uh, Buckeyes is the obvious answer, but uh, I do love me a cosmic brownie. But if if you put a gun to my head and was like brownies, cosmic brownies uh, versus Buckeyes, I'd have a tough time coming out with a, a winner there. So okay, so you you're choosing between cosmic brownies or Buckeyes. So where you? Where you I mean, Cheez-Its are delicious, but I don't know why they'd be Ohio specific. And I'm sorry, I, what was the? I don't know. Thing? There's a bunch of crackers in Ohio. That's. What- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one's Starburst. Well, it's definitely not Starburst. I mean, come on. I mean, the Starbursts are great, but I don't know anybody who start like Starburst is their favorite. Like they're good. I despise Starburst. If I want something that's tart and sticking to my teeth, then I don't know. I hate Starburst. I hate Starburst. I do. Well, I mean, I would I would normally say like, okay, I see your point on that. But you also think that uh, Reese's Pieces are uh, trash candy. They so are. I'm gonna... No, 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 no. You're you're equating fruit based like things to stick to your teeth to uh, garbage other candy. I don't know. Like that's n- no one wins. That's the AVP of candies: a Starburst versus <laughs> Reese's Pieces. Whoever wins, we lose. <laughs> that's a great tagline. I do like that. So. I'm going to go with Buckeyes as the Ohio uh, preferred uh, snack. Which also, why are why are Buckeyes just not Reese cups? I don't understand that. It's it's just chocolate with peanut butter, uh, right? Like, yeah, but uh, have you had like homemade Buckeyes? I mean, I've had them in Ohio while I've lived here. Yeah, they're they. I think, but like somebody has like made Buckeyes and they're like, oh, I made Buckeyes and then brought them to a place and you're like, these are far better than Reese's cups. Ever That's fair. No, like, uh, when I live, like I went over, like I've been to like the East side of Cleveland and like, I know this is not maybe the ideal place to get Buckeyes, but I've been to little Italy. They had like a bakery there and like, a. Uh, they did like desserts. They had like like Buckeyes they made there. I think the peanut butter to the chocolate ratio there is, is preferred. So I will say that they're wonderful. So, I mean, I am not much of a chef slash baker, but, I don't you know, know. You've every, made some Kmart sandwiches Christmas, I've heard good things about. Yeah, that's true. I, I make a, a mean Kmart sandwich, but like <laughs> at Christmas. Can, you, can know, you please I, can you please drive by my house and just slide one of those Kmart sandwiches in my mailbox? That'd be amazing. <laughs> You're gonna come home one day and just find a sandwich I'm, in the mailbox. I'm not gonna come home. Amazing. I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna look out the window until I see one <laughs> show up. But you know, when it comes to like the Buckeyes, like uh, every year at Christmas, like I try and make Buckeyes because uh, they're amazing and they're literally just peanut butter, powdered sugar, and chocolate. Okay. I mean, there's other ingredients in there as well, but I, gun to my head, if you're going to say choose between a Reese's cup and a Buckeye, I'm going to choose a Buckeye okay. every time. So, is that your final answer of the four choices for number one favorite snack of Ohio? Yes. Oh man, you're gonna be wrong about this. Uh, is it Cheez Its? It it's, better not be it's Starburst. Starburst. 
Are you kidding me? I don't know. I just I saw some website. I don't. I just I didn't verify anything. This could this could be some like you know OANN shit or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's Starburst. Look, I went with I, it. I like Starburst. They're fine, but they're not my favorite. They're yeah, Starburst are not fine. No one should ever like Starburst. But yeah, that's what it I, says. I, they're 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 fine. I like, mm, they're good are enough. they? No, they're not. All right. So number three. <clears throat> You're going to want to make sure your lips are properly moisturized after eating snacks, right? Because you're like, I'm going to eat snacks. I need my lips to be moisturized. Which flavor lip balm is real? Is it Cool Ranch Doritos lip balm, pizza-flavored Pringles lip balm, Cheetos lip balm, or Bugles lip balm? All four of those sound terrible. I thought you were going to hit me with, like, Dr. Pepper or, or Starburst you know. for goddamn sake. All right, yeah. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I do want Pringles now, like of the four that you just mentioned. I I'm feel like, like all these Pringles. you just be licking your lips and be like, I want actual chips as opposed to like protection on my chips. Like my, my lips. <sighs> Not my chips. I don't want protection on <laughs> I my want chips. Protection on both my chips. I want a waxy and my residue lips. on my chips. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I'm gonna choose between the four. I do love me some cool ranch Doritos. Okay. So we'll, we'll go with that. Man, um, it is Cheetos. There's a, a Cheetos lip balm. All right. So oh, I should have known that. You're over for three so far. Why. Oh my, I thought you liked snacks. All right. So, all right. Um, this one is, uh, is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. So, uh, and the year 2000, in the year 2000. Heinz, Michael Jackson went back in time to take a nap with himself. No, uh, so that's one of the ones I remember from the Conan bit. Uh, in, in the year 2000, Heinz decided they wanted to make ketchup cool and edgy by introducing the Easy Squirt, which I do not like that name at all. What color wasn't produced? Right, so you got multiple choice, like a lot of them here. Is it funky purple? Blasting green, stellar blue, extreme gold, passion pink, awesome orange, or totally teal. <laughs> One of those isn't real. One of them isn't real. I mean, totally teal sounds made up, but I, I feel like why would you make it yellow? Like you don't want to confuse it with mustard. Okay, so what's your what's your choice? I mean, that's that's my choice. Like, why would you make it yellow? You, so the extreme gold. Mustard? Because they make mustard as well. It's not like they're just in the ketchup, uh, you know, business. Okay, you're right. That's the one I made up. But I was trying to find no. like a name to go with that. So, all right. Uh, yeah, Funky Purple, Blastin' Green, which I just, ugh, that sounds disgusting. Stellar Blue, Passion Pink, Awesome Orange, and Totally Teal were all real colors that they made. That's disgusting. We can just agree on that, right? So yeah, I, I also I feel like black and green is just relish. I just feel like whatever. Anyway, so all right, um, yeah, all right. Uh, so so you got one right so far. So congratulations. So one out of four. Uh, which of these is a fake Oreo flavor? Right. I also will preface this by saying one of these I'm about to mention. Uh, I bought uh, because they have them in the grocery store right now. There's Lady Gaga Oreos. I just bought them because I'm like, what does that even mean? So that's not one of these choices. That's they a, taste like a meat dress. Yeah. God damn it. I wish you would have been in my house when I made that comment. That was amazing. You guys are, you, <laughs> we're best friends. So, all right. So is it, is it Swedish fish spring question mark 
mango habanero or cherry cola? Which of these so, are the fake ones? So three of these are real. I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode that like just stop Oreo. You do like <laughs> one thing really good. Which is the Nobody's Lady Gaga flavor. Gonna, yeah, this Lady Gaga one, right? So Yeah, nobody's not gonna buy Oreos. Like they're Oreos. They're delicious. I mean, I you bought know, I bought Lady Gaga ones, so I've 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 succumbed to the hype. Look, I'll admit, like I get excited every time Halloween rolls around and I'm like, they made Halloween Oreos, which just means they added orange dye to the frosting. I get it. Like I, I get that. But like you don't have to change the flavors. You don't have to make watermelon. You don't have to make some sort of weird concoction that nobody wants. Nobody is like, you know what this needs? Some weird flavor. No, it doesn't. So um, going back to what you were saying, I feel like of the ones that you mentioned. Do you want me to roll through them again? Because one of, one of them is I, fake. I know Swedish fish for a fact is real. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. cancel that one out. What were, there was a habanero. Mango habanero. Yeah. Cherry cola and spring at question mark. I feel like uh, uh, cherry cola is the one that wasn't real. You would be wrong. Um, cherry cola existed. It had kind of like a pop rocks flavor. Spring is a flavor that exists. Uh, mango habanero was a flavor of a BW3 wing that I liked a lot that they canceled. So, <laughs> Well, it just seems crazy enough that they would do it. Right. So, all right. Uh, all right. Number six. If you were Sylvester Stallone, that would mean your eyebrows are now like like running away from your face. Uh, which snack would you put your name on? Right. So here's the options. All right. Um, would it be a sack of gum that was the exact thing, same thing as Big League Chew? What the hell is a sack of gum? Well, you've seen Big League Chew. It was a sack of gum. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I'd call it a pouch. Sure. Right. A pouch of gum that was the exact same thing as Big Lee Chew. Um, a pudding with 20 grams of protein called Stallone High Protein Pudding. Um, All right. Moon pies shaped like boxing gloves. Or beef jerky that people actually found out was made from stallions. I was hoping that you were going to say that it was actually made from meat that he went and tenderized. By punching it. Um, well, those horses, the stallions could have been punched, right? Oh, that's fair, too. <laughs> All righty. So, uh, like, which one's real? Yes. I'm going to say the pudding. You're right. It was called Stolenite Protein Pudding <laughs> with 20 grams of protein. That sounds disgusting. All right. See, the kids, they love the puddings. Well, well you're doing a pudding. Cosby, not a Stallone. All right. Great. All right. All right. <laughs> Hey, oh, the kids, I love the pudding. I like that you've drank enough that everything sounds alone. That's fine. All right. So, all right. <clears throat> all right. Um, after eating all of the snacks, you need to brush your teeth, right? So which toothpaste brand decided it would be a good idea to make frozen meals, right? What? You heard me. Which toothpaste brand decided to be a great idea to make like frozen meals, like frozen dinners to put in the oven, right? All right. Microwave, right? Was it Arm & Hammer, Sensodyne, uh, Tom's of Maine, or Colgate? I don't know what Tom's of Maine is. Tom's what of Maine's an organic toothpaste brand. They're, it's like, it's really? like, yeah, it's disgusting. 
All right. Well, I mean, they're organic, so that makes me think they have like an organic uh, line of food. I like um, I like that uh, putting out sensodyne to you. You're gonna be like, well, is it going to upset gums? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sensodyne felt like the immediate like just take out of the equation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't think it's Colgate. What was the first one you said? Um, Arm and Hammer. Yeah, Arm and Hammer. That feels like that's their bag. They All make right. baking soda. All right. All right. Well, I give you the answer. You should Google uh, Colgate frozen meals because uh, that's the right answer. It is, it is weird. <laughs> Colgate made frozen dinners. My God, man. I'm doing terrible at this. I thought I'd excel. I thought we'd finally <laughs> find something that I'd and do I don't amazing think, I don't think I got like super tricky, right? I don't feel like I got a... Uh, right. So anyway, I got uh, three more questions here. We're, we're almost done here. All right. Mm. Uh, Chex Mix was introduced in 1985 by what pet food company? Purina. Is that your final answer? I didn't even give you options. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. You're right. That was the right answer. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> I thought you spoke with authority. I'm like, all right, I guess we're done now. I was going to give it you. It just sounded right. I was going to give like... you Iams. Uh, I was going to give you size diet and top cap, but you're right. Purina. It was Chex Mix. Well, I, I knew the dog food question. Uh, that says so much about me. But I, I, I hear, can I say something real quick on Chex Mix? Sure. Uh, so, like, <laughs> Chex Mix, it's one of those things that you're like, oh, it's better when it's homemade. But I made homemade Chex Mix. It's okay. And I know that Richard, when he was on, talked about his special, uh, um, you know, recipes for Chex Mix that I haven't tried. So, to be fair. But, well, he needs to share them with us, and we, we'll, we will try them. How about that? I, I will just say that, like, every time that I've made Chex Mix, I'm like, I feel like I could have just bought this pre-made. Like, I never had, like, a, a feeling of, like, oh, this is far much better than what so I get in the bag. So, when Chex Mix was, like, like Chex, like, pretzels, like, gravel from your driveway, like, what else What else did you put in there? Like, uh, it's, is it, pretzel rods. Is it, it's pretzel rods, like pumpernickel stick. Not pumpernickel. Like, What's the? It's there's like a bread. Um, yeah, and then like like pieces of safety glass that you broke from a windshield. Like and what, then uh, Worcestershire sauce and butter, I think. And yeah. like, I mean, it's perfectly fine. Some oh, jacks and then, that like, people nuts. didn't pick up from playing a game of jacks. I get it. It's fine. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. It's just it wasn't incrementally better than like. <laughs> That's fair. I think buying it because you're you're, you're just buying down. a bunch of other pre-made stuff and putting it together. That's not like making a thing, right? That's just yeah. mixing a thing, right? So, all right, all right, um, all right. So, uh, which of these shapes? And I wrote a, a ship ship to buzz. I meant I misspelled it. Uh, which of these shapes of Reese's peanut butter cups got recalled because parents complained it looked too much like poop? Which of which of <laughs> one of these ones was it? The Christmas tree, the Easter egg, the mystery shapes, or the rosebud? I don't know what the mystery shape was, and I don't ever remember there being a rosebud, but I feel like the rose... Because, like, the, the, the Christmas trees, they never look like Christmas trees. They just look like arrows. The Easter one just looks like a oblong shape, you know. Like an I, egg? <laughs> no, uh, well, yeah, I guess that's probably the closest to like a shape that they can come to is the egg. But like, it's never like you're like, oh, like it, it looks 
like whatever it's supposed to be. Like the pumpkin ones, they don't look like pumpkins. Like, let's be honest here. Let's 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 call out Reese's on their bullshit. <laughs> uh, long story short, yes, I'm going to say uh, that uh, the Rosebud, which I've not even ever heard of, was recalled. All right. Well, real quick, I think I've told the story on the show before, but I remember working on my days at Blockbuster. Um, people were asking about the Reese uh, Christmas Christmas trees, and we were sold out. And I told them, I was like, I'm sorry, there was an early frost, and we lost the crop. And people, <laughs> people were confused. And I was like, I'm just kidding. And they're like, oh. Like, it took them a second to realize that, like, it's just peanut butter and chocolate put into a shape. There's no crops. Whatever. Anyway. So, uh, wait, 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 wait. I just want to go back. People actually asked about like the treats that were on yeah, sale. At they asked about the Christmas. They asked about the Christmas tree Reese cups, and I, I told them it was just me being an asshole behind like the counter. I was like, "Oh, there's an early frost. We lost them." Did you say, "I'm sorry, ma'am. This is a blockbuster, not a gas station." <laughs> I was like, "I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm still employed here, at, like by like the most thinnest of threads. Can you please buy something else?" That's not no. Uh, so here, here's the big spoiler, Steve. I made up that question. None of the there was no parents asking about the the shapes of these cups looking like poo but all of them look like poo if you think about it hard enough well that's the thing i mean but we all get excited like it is funny like i you know it's like oh i don't know what candy bar do i want do i want reese's now do you want reese's that shaped like an egg yes do i want it shaped like a bat it's halloween yeah right sorry so uh last question here which of these chip brands do you think would make the best lemonade? So is it Doritos, Uts, Frito-Lay, or Funyuns? <laughs> I, uh, oh boy, I, I go through like a, a love affair with Funyuns and then like I eat a bunch of them and then I'm like, I'm good for like another couple. Yeah. Of you're years like, I, I'm good. I, I don't need, I, I'm, I'm good with onions for a bit. Yeah. Like my go-to in high school, like when I was like, Oh, you know what? I, I just want to find something to eat. Like while I'm watching a movie tonight or whatever. Be like, Oh man, Funyuns and a box of fudge rounds. Like that was, that was my go-to people. You could, you could tell a lot of, the girls all love me in high school, but, uh, <laughs> Funyuns. Oh, oh boy. Well, my hunky boys. Right. No, yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that they would make a good lemonade. <laughs> Doritos lemonade just doesn't, that doesn't sound right to me no, either. But just, 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 just think about the question though. Like which brand I'm not saying like, you know, okay. dipping, so, dipping a Funyun and limit, like, in like, juice would make it better that sounds disgusting i'm just saying one of these brands actually released a lemonade under the name of the brand you know what funyuns call me and just had a brilliant idea because i think that like there should be some sort of dip like a, a funyun dip like i'm sure there would be, be but but which of those would be a lemonade <laughs> <laughs> no but I, i'm just saying that like you know like there's like Cheetos and or, or I'm sorry, uh, Fritos have a, a specific dip that's like branded. Like yeah. I feel like a Funyun dip that is like specifically for their products would would go over well. Okay, so you're saying a Funyun dip flavor like no, a lemonade? No, I, I, this is completely separate from the lemonade question. No, I think a Funyun dip that, would be amazing. You're right, I agree with that. But, I, I just, uh, but yeah. so a lemonade, I'm going to say Frito. 
Okay, you're right. It's Frito Lay. They put out a Frito Lay lemonade. That sounds disgusting. So <laughs> you're just desperately trying to end the show at this point. No, like, that's not Steve. my point. It's just, no, 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 no. I agree with you. I, I Funyuns dip would be amazing. <laughs> I was just trying to get to the answer of the question because I think you got three out of ten. So I, I just my point is is that you don't know snacks. Uh, and I'm disappointed in that. That's where I'm at. <laughs> you should really just like make that the title of the episode. And Steve doesn't know snacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Uh, so that was our snack quiz. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I, it's going to do it for us this week. Next week, uh, because the way the schedule rolls, uh, we're going to record before Valentine's Day, which is. <laughs> Saturday, sorry, Sunday the 14th. So next week, we're going to be looking at not the original My Bloody Valentine, which we covered last year, that Steve now has the really cool, cool action figure of. We're going to be looking at the remake uh, of My Bloody Valentine 3D, and we're going to talk about that. That's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's a movie that I saw in the theater because it was in 3D. I don't think I'd seen the original, and I... I, I bought it on dvd so i'm debating whether or not i want to try and because i believe it included the 3d you know glasses which to be honest we all know that that's not really going to work on a regular tv but i'm curious to try it long story short uh, i remember having problems with it but i also never really watched the original and i'm curious to put the two up against each other i feel like i may do a a weekend viewing. I think of, I might do too as well because as much as we like the first one, there's definitely some things lacking and there's problems, but I think it would be good to refresh my memory from a year ago uh, and then watch the new one as well, which I've, I mean, aside from you, other people I've talked about, talked about, talked to have enjoyed it. so this will be fun. I've not seen it. So I think it'll be a lot of fun to dig into it. And also it's Valentine's day, right? So let's just get into it. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, let's go kill some people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Everybody have a safe week. Have a good week. And, um, I don't know. Um, if you, if you said to me, Hey, you guys just talked about a lot of things and a movie that's kind of a throwback. What if there was like a rap song that was kind of like a teenage mutant Ninja turtles, like Ninja rap boy, do I have a song for you? A nameless evil once buried forever Now he's awake and he's ready for terror But hold up, wait, there's a catch This kid Mimi has a plan to hatch With the magic gem, she has the power The monster's her friend, it's her finest hour They'll go on adventures, cause all kinds of trouble Blow up the world and dance on the rubble First he needs a name Something cool, it can't be lame That's when it struck her, so cool and so mean The monster would be named P.G. Awaken from where he was buried He has to be stopped And who better to do it Templar Pandora Yeah, it's time to move it But they weren't the only team Who noticed that PG was free His old pals like the Monster Man Showed up to betray him and take out the trash But Mr. Gorman, he ain't a fool He 
killed them all, yeah, you took them to school And they'll never forget his name It's the last thing that they'll say Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. 